Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. Welcome back to the Big 12 Country Podcast. I'm your host for the day, Corey, and it is uh, September the 4th, 2017, and this is going to be our first episode of the reviews that we do this year. Uh, you, we had our uh, week one, well, it's no, I guess it's not over for the Big 12, but it's not quite over. It'll be week one will be wrapping up tonight on Monday, uh, and uh, we're going to sit here and you guys are going to get to see how we kind of review and break down the games for those of you that are new, and I know most of you are, uh, to how we do this thing, so... Uh, how's everybody doing? They're good. Yeah. We have uh, with us in studio, we have Kendall. Hello. And we have Colin also here. Hey, guys. And uh, Brady will be joining us shortly. Uh, he can't be here just yet, but he'll be here shortly. Um, yeah, first, quick, real quick, guys, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts. Um, I know this is going to kind of be, and we've already seen this <laughs> uh, due to a lot of Twitter fights, but kind of overreaction, uh, you know, Monday, I guess, if you want to call mm-hmm. it today's Monday. Uh, it's going to be kind of overreaction day to a lot of things we saw nationally, especially from the media who likes to kill this league. I mean, I'm sure they're going to just about bury us now. Um, but yeah, just real quickly, wanted to get your thoughts starting with Kendall. What are some things you feel like, and I don't know if this could change in five weeks, but what are some things you feel like you know now that we didn't know three days ago? Well, well I mean, one thing I think we know is that it's going to be, whether anybody wants to hear this or not, but it's going to be a little bit harder to get into the Final Four as a Big 12 team. I mean, especially if you're like an Oklahoma State, for example, that doesn't have the blue blood name like an Oklahoma has. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma is still okay, but you know those losses yesterday doesn't help doesn't help the perception overall very mm-hmm. well. But I mean, the, the, the thing about that though, like you said, this is only week one, so things are going to happen throughout the rest of the season. And you know, if Texas were to go out and beat USC, or you know, and then Oklahoma beats Ohio State, I mean, that thing could change real drastically the next couple weeks. So I mean, we have to wait and see, but. Yesterday did not help nationally for the Big 12 at all, in my opinion. Is there anything about any of the teams you feel like we know or we can say at this point? Uh, I think Baylor may be a little bit farther behind than what we thought they were. Um, I mean, I still think they're going the right direction. They have the right coach and everything, but maybe they were more depleted than what we all thought going into the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that was kind of telling. And then Texas, there was a few things we'll talk about here in a little bit, but there's a few things in that game that really surprised me. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the loss necessarily, but just the way they played in some areas I wasn't expecting. Colin? Uh, I would just like to say or ask the question, how does Joey Galloway still have a job at ESPN? Guys are oh, embarrassing. Oh, God, dude. I know. Like, I, he's <laughs> – I mean – And I've noticed it's a lot of the Big Ten guys, like even on Fox, that are that way. They mm-hmm. just – I mean, it, first of all, and I didn't see this, so I'm going off what Brady said, but he said that Joey said that, that Baylor was going to beat Oklahoma this year. Uh, he picked Baylor to win the conference. I don't, I, I don't know how serious he was. That right there – proves they don't pay attention yeah like they trash this league they sit up there in their high and mighty towers espn studios with all the freaking research analysts in the world they've got anything they want to know at their fingertips all they got to do is call the dork with the glasses over there in front of the computer and say hey give me this information and they could know anything they want to and that proves right there they don't bother to they don't care about the league they don't want to know the league and that's why i said what i said last night on twitter well and there, there's some people there that work that do pay attention or at least Somewhat pay attention, but the fact the big ten else that I'm talking yeah. about after after Baylor lost, they called him out on it because he was on TV when it happened, and mm-hmm. he was basically, well, they're still tied for first, which 
was obviously incorrect because yeah. several other teams that would mean the entire league point. lost. <laughs> you know, he laughed it off. I'm sure he was being sarcastic, but still, you could, to be a credible, you know, TV figure at that point and say something like that is just an embarrassment to ESPN. Oh, I know, but see, ESPN doesn't care. See, that's the problem with ESPN. They have a league here, something we discovered of people that are dying for coverage that want them to be talked about, and they could make money doing it, and they won't. Like, that's what kills me. They want to cater to the SEC and Big Ten and hope it bails them out, and it's not going to. You need to cover everybody. That's just part of it. I don't know if they don't want to do the work or what. but They just want to ride the hot ticket. Whoever is hot at the that time, is very true. they want to ride that, t- that mm-hmm. train. Yep. So, I mean, for example, if the Big 12 gets hot all of a sudden, they're going to be jumping in, you know, both feet in to the Big 12 because that's the hot thing moving. Mm-hmm. That, that's what they do. They don't actually cover all of it. It's just whoever is hot and moving at the time, they're going to focus on it. I mean, look at the stories they do. Whoever the hot guy is at the time, Sam Darnold or whatever, mm-hmm. they're they're going to do all kinds of stories on him. And don't get me wrong, the kid's great, but well, I'm saying it's whatever's hot at the time at that moment is what they're going to put all their focus in. Uh, see, what I love the guy to death, but sending Marty Smith to Tuscaloosa all week. I mean, it's because Alabama is part of that game, the big headlining game, and he was. But it's Alabama; they're hot. Whereas Florida State, they are too, but not like Alabama. You didn't see anybody hanging out with them all week. You did, know? Did you guys see that the two perspective? Uh, I would say top two picks or top first two quarterbacks drafted in the NFL draft this year. Neither one of them threw a touchdown pass and both threw mm-hmm. two interceptions. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. And they started showing um, – I forget his name, the kid at Wyoming. Uh, they started showing Allen, his, his stats versus Power 5 teams. I mean, he's only played them twice now, but he's thrown – I think it was no touchdowns and seven interceptions yeah. since he's played them. So, right. it's something well, that Big 12 – I mean, they, they, I've heard that several times. That the NFL scouts are going to pay attention to how you play against the bigger, better teams, obviously. Yeah. So The, the one thing with that, and I know this isn't Big 12 related, but – when you have a guy like that who's obviously an NFL type body and has the arm strength and everything, you got to wonder what's around him too. Because let's oh, be yeah, honest, no. most of the Wyoming Wyoming yeah, people are not D one caliber. So when no. you, you're going against it and your line just getting obliterated and you're running for your life the whole time, of course you're going to make bad throws or matter of fact, I think I, decisions. I think I remember seeing this summer that they have one other um, NFL draft prospect on the team and he's a lineman, if I remember right. right. So. Yeah, that, that kind of tells you where he's got around him. But Although the the main thing that I noticed or that I took away from this weekend is that it's going to be dang near impossible to make any real determinations outside of like maybe the Texas game and the West Virginia game because the other ones mm-hmm. were either just slaughters or uh, I mean that was basically it. the competition just wasn't to the point where you could really see anything. Yeah, and and I'm not saying don't feel good about your team. That's great. I mean, you know, I, I mean, yeah, obviously those of you who follow along know I'm an Oklahoma fan. I was happy with the result this weekend. Um, does it make me think that we're now going to go house Ohio State? No, but you should be happy about it. But that said, TCU, um, you know, the, the team they played, terrible. Uh, Baylor, Liberty is not as bad as a lot of us thought, but that's, they're still should not – yeah, that should not have happened. Um, you know, so – and what's the other one? Oh, Northern Iowa. I mean, Iowa State, you know, we love Iowa State here. Most of the staff really likes them, but – you know, that's not really a whole lot you can base off that. It is somewhat of a rivalry, being that it's Northern Iowa, but I think somebody even referred to it as the mini battle for Iowa. I don't know if that's true. K-Bear, you'll have to get back to us on that. I don't know if that's what it's really called, but I saw that a few times. Um, that almost just sounds demeaning towards Iowa State to me. But um, So, anyway, you know, it's somewhat of a rivalry. But, um, you know, I, this just it's enjoy it. It's week one. Um, now you kind of somewhat understand. I, now, I do think this. A lot of people are like, well, you can't learn nothing from these games. That's not true. Um, I feel like, if anything, we kind of know where some problem areas are that you can yes. identify. Because, um, see, that's what I do, especially in these games. I, and I am this way by nature. I look for the bad in things, always. I mean, it's not a good trait to have necessarily, but 
Uh, it does help when you're trying to break down teams. Like, I, I'm going to continually look for the bad in, in teams. And, and, you know, I found bad in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa, uh, Iowa State a little bit. I get to see them on and on and on. So, um, but, you know, some people are fans, and that's fine. You be a fan. That's what you're here to be. We're here to kind of help you out along the way with that. You be a fan. You be happy about what you saw, and you, you know, be blissfully ignorant if that's what it ends up being. Not that I mean that. I don't mean that negatively, but you know what I mean. Um, so that's fine. Do that. Um, well, real quickly then. Before we get to Texas, the other thing I wanted to know um, first was what what absolutely shocked you, if you can go that far with something, or surprised you, and what did you absolutely know that you were right about, or you feel like you're right about, both of those? Hmm, that's a good question. I think the thing that shocked me was probably the Liberty-Baylor game. I mean, not necessarily because, uh, you know, Liberty didn't play a good game or anything. It was just I, I expected more out of Baylor than that. I mean, I thought Matt Rule coming in being a defensive guy would be able to make some more of adjustments. That that quarterback just torched him. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I didn't feel like there was that many good adjustments made during the game to help prevent that. He just nope. he basically could do whatever he wanted mm-hmm. the entire game, which that, that kind of surprised me. I was expecting – another thing that shot me too was I thought a new Solomon would play better than that. You know, he only had yeah. 50% passing. I, yeah. I, you know, I kind of think maybe maybe you should have brought in Smith a little bit. You should have done something, maybe try something a little bit different. But I don't, I don't know all the dynamics that are going on down there. So it's – Hard to say. Colin, do you, or, or, or Kendall, what was one thing you felt like you, you knew that you seemed to be? Well, I mean, one thing that I got into a Twitter battle with a guy was was just the Texas hoopla of everything. And, but Tom Herman, I was like, he hasn't even coached a game yet. Mm-hmm. Let's let's pump the brakes and let's see what happens. I mean, he's a good coach. There's no doubt. The guy coached. Yeah. But, I mean, everybody – and, you know, I wasn't expecting him to lose by no means. I mean, I thought Maryland was terrible and they should they should beat them pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't expecting him to lose. But, you know, I think this kind of maybe – Helps everybody have a reality check, kind of pump your brakes, and he still has some rebuilding to do there. It's not going to be an overnight process. Yeah. Colin? I would go with, for, for shocking, I would say the fact that West Virginia didn't utilize the run game the way yeah, that we, we had always thought they would. Well, always, we hoped they would. Yeah. I don't know that we thought it because we, we mentioned Spavital is not a run-happy OC. Yeah, you saw that last night. But that that really shocked me, especially in a, a game that's finally decided by one score to to not use the run game in the second half like they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for what I knew – uh, not to toot my own horn, but I knew Kansas would win yesterday. So <laughs> they, they, their offense looked yeah. a lot better. I mean, they, they had struggles, but it was a lot better than it was last year. You could tell there's a whole different era in Lawrence now. Good, good. We'll get into that going further in the show. So, uh, with that said, we'll go ahead and get into um, this Texas. We'll start with Texas here because we're going to bring in uh, our Texas guy, Tyler. We wanted to get kind of his reaction. And, and one thing we're going to do, I'm going to try to do as much as possible. Uh, we are going to, and I'd hope to bring our Baylor uh, contributor on, but she's really busy doing some important things right now, so uh, we couldn't bring her on. But, um, you know, we're going to try to bring in one or two of these people from games that were just, you know, really the colossal matchups or really shocked people. Or, you know, in this case, I felt like Baylor and uh, Texas were probably the two biggest storylines of the weekend, especially from a negative standpoint. So that's what we're going to try to do here with these guys this year. Um, so heads up, if your team loses, you're probably going to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so real quickly, Tyler, are you on the line? What's up, guys? How's it going? Pretty good. Um, you're uh, For the people that don't know us, you're our Texas contributor. And uh, where can they find you at? Where's all your Twitter handles at and everything? Uh, yeah, so uh, give me a follow on Twitter. My personal account is at TRMazur, which is spelled M-A-S-U-R. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, team account is at Longhorns underscore B one two C. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling some people saw that Longhorns account on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he was kind of – Especially Saturday evening. Tyler was out committing drive-bys oh, on yeah. Twitter, just like finding people and just like popping them and then running. Um, yeah, you was kind of getting after it with people. And first thing I want to talk to you about, since you were pretty vocal about it, uh, do you have any more information on, you know, the whole fans throwing things on the field situation? Um, is Was it really a non-story? Is it kind of overblown? Or was it, there really, you know, some negative stuff going on down there? Um, well, in my opinion, I and I wrote about this in an article, um, which I'll put up on my Twitter later, but – I, I just I was in disbelief. Um, I have I've never seen anything like that in Austin. Um, I mean I haven't been alive for a long time, only 20 years, but that's just something that I expected more of from our fan base, and I was just disappointed to see our fans uh, disrespect the field and that stadium. Mm-hmm. who, I mean, it, the stadium is literally a memorial for someone who built up this program and made it what it is today. And to see people just trash the field was, yeah, it really, really disappointed me. Yeah, I could tell because you were pretty vocal about that on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, it to me, the little bit of information we got on it was, uh, you know, that they were just throwing some kind of cards or something on the field, and that's all we knew about. So right. I, I wasn't really sure. And I know you being down there, you may have heard something else. So, well, what I think, what I think it was, is uh, during every, or I guess before every game, they pass out these little fans, uh, little like cardboard fans that are connected to like a popsicle stick kind of thing. Oh, so yeah. you can fan yourself during the game. So I think that's what people were throwing onto the field. Mm. I was just curious because I, I don't know. Again, it, sometimes those things get blown up on TV to where you can't really tell what's going on right. or, or anything. So. Right. See, and when I, when I saw it on TV, I, I I caught it on Twitter afterwards. It didn't look like there were all that many, to be honest. I saw like maybe see that's what five I was wondering. Six. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because so I, I don't know. See you know, was the camera angle just focused on that, and there's nowhere anywhere else? <laughs> that's why I asked because the way they made it sound like was like there was this freaking uprising and that's what I was expecting uh, Cleveland yeah, Browns like yeah. plastic bottles coming out of the stands, but it was it didn't look like that to me. Yeah, that's why I was that's what I was curious because it didn't seem that bad, but you know I didn't know if TV people were overblowing it or not. Um, so no, uh, right. I think it was I think it was just the principle of of what was happening rather than. Um, the magnitude of it right yeah no I, just surprising to see that coming out of out of austin yeah i can't i can't say that i can remember them ever really doing that before or anything like that so uh mm-hmm. yeah that probably was a little surprising um well get into the game real quickly you know um just the first thing i want to kind of ask you before we kind of get into some of these numbers and look at it closer what were just some of your takes away from the game um, you know, maybe what were some things that uh, we'll start with you, like I asked them, what were some things that just really shocked you about this game? Or obviously also maybe some things you really expected and they happened. Well, the first thing is the, just the lack of everything that Tom Herman was supposed to bring to this program, especially mm-hmm. in attention to detail. Yeah. I mean, I expected us to come out, and, and even if we had lost that game, I just expected us to look different, and we didn't at all. I mean, we had a field goal get blocked in return for a touchdown. There was a punt in the first quarter, I think, that almost got blocked. Mm-hmm. 
And we just, we looked lost on secondary again, like the same story as the past few years. So I was really disappointed in the way we came out and played. Um, I expected a lot more from this team. And to see how little it's changed, I don't, I, I don't expect change to come overnight. I didn't expect to come out and just absolutely throttle Maryland and win 70-3 to three or anything like that. But I expected to see a different team this year, and that's not what I saw. No, definitely. And, and I thought that, you know, and I will, I'll give you credit. You were one of the level-headed Texas people that yes. said, hey, you know, we need to, you know, we're not going to win the Big 12 title this year. You know, we need to kind of chill. Um, and, you know, and even mm-hmm. as I said, I, you know, as, as we got closer to September, you know, the roars really started getting louder. More people started drinking the Kool-Aid. And it, it's just, you know, you can't turn that around overnight as bad as it was. Um, you know, real quickly, how shocked were you that, that – I don't know if you have the numbers. I'll go ahead and give them. Uh, Texas only ran for 98 yards uh, versus right. Maryland running for 263. Um, you know, how was that somewhat of a shocking factor to you? You know, what do you maybe feel like contributed to that? Uh, yeah, so uh, the 98 yards that we ran for I, doesn't shock me. I, I I figured we'd have more, but with the, all the questions surrounding the run game, it doesn't really surprise me that we didn't even put up 100 yards. Um, what surprised me the most was that Shane Bruchel had 15 carries, and the rest of the team had 16. <laughs> and so, in my opinion, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, like, that's like fair. the quarterback. Unless unless it's like a Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton, quarterback shouldn't have more carries than the rest of your entire team. Yeah. Um, so that that was a little surprising to me, and I think Texas last year gave up an average of about 198 yards per game, and so going into this game, I I didn't expect them to give up 263. I knew what Maryland had. I knew that their quarterback posed a, a running threat, and I knew that their senior running back, Todd Johnson, was a, a great athlete and could do things with his feet. But 263 yards—I yeah. mean, this is this is a front three for Texas that was expected to be one of the best in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. This linebacking core has been argued as one of the best in the Big 12. Like. This run defense was supposed to be better than it has in the past few years, and they just got absolutely gutted. Yeah. Yep. You know, Tyler Skindle, uh, one, one thing that I, I noticed watching the game <clears throat> that kind of bothered me was two things, actually. One, it seemed like Maryland was more aggressive and they were getting after people more. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was is that I really expected Texas' offensive line to be a lot better. I, I felt like – Across the board, even with All American Connor Williams, they just didn't play very well. They the Maryland's defensive line really took it to them. Did did that surprise you going into this? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I I knew the right side of the line was going to struggle, and they absolutely did. Um, but yeah, I mean Maryland. I think they ended up totaling five sacks and eight tackles for loss is what I have, and Texas only had one sack and two tackles for loss. So that that really kind of blew me away. Um, real quickly, you know, one thing we we kind of all talked about before we came in here, we we thought if anything, Bouchelle showed a lot of improvement. Uh, we were kind of really happy with the way he played. 
Uh, just your thoughts on that. Was is was he where you thought he would be at this point? Um, you know, what were some things you liked about what he did Saturday? Yeah, no, I, I actually had a lot of debate with my family about this. Um, I thought Bouchelle played extremely well. Mm-hmm. I, other than the first drive where he had an open, wide open running back on a check down, um, and for whatever reason didn't just dump it off to him and took the sack inside the one yard line. Other than that play and the interception that he threw, I think he played just as good of a game as he could. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went 34 for 52, and of course, if you throw 52 passes, you're going to put up some yardage, but threw for 375 yards, which I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think that's more than in any game last year. I would say that's probably uh, pretty fair, yeah. So I was I was very impressed, and as much as he got ripped on Twitter – over it i thought he did a really good job running the ball i think he did a good job getting out of the pocket when when the line would break down and extend the plays and a few times he he would get out and find a guy open for a first down a couple Mm -hmm. third down conversions like i was really impressed with his ability to extend the plays well to me when you look at the fact that he was sacked five times by a team that isn't exactly a juggernaut, especially defensively. Um, I mean, he was under quite a bit of pressure. I mean, there was a lot of times we were talking where he had to move the pocket and go. Um, so, yep. you know, all things considered, I thought he played pretty well. Um, I thought Porter played, you know, well for what they gave him. You know, it's not like they gave him a whole lot of, of you know, carries or anything like that. But, um, you know, what was what were your thoughts? Is there anybody else that you really were impressed with their performance? Oh, yeah, Colin Johnson. Yeah. Um, I've been saying it all all off season. He's the guy to look at. And he led the team in yards. He had seven catches, hundred and twenty five yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And he looked just as good as advertised. Yep. You know, this this is I was very impressed with him. Hey Tyler, what did you think of mm-hmm. um, Reggie Hempill maps? That to me that guy had just a great game as well. Yes. He Reggie Hempel Maps just looks like a football player. He looked like he belonged on that field more than most of those guys. He was athletic, he's fast, and he just has he has good vision. Our our punt coverage is absolutely terrible. <laughs> but on that on that punt return for a touchdown, he looked so good. Mm-hmm. And just that that ability to stay in bounds when you're literally six inches from stepping out and there are guys coming at you. That's something that kind of goes under the radar a lot because that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And he took that ball all the way down the sideline to the end zone. And I was, I was very impressed with that. Now, yeah. Staying on that return, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Malik Jefferson have the key block on that return? Yes, he did. They kind of sprung it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, that were, was that was fun to watch. What were your thoughts on Holton Hill? I thought he did pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, he was probably probably the star of the game, other than maybe Colin Johnson and uh, Reggie Hampton Maps. But I mean, obviously, he started off the game really hot with the thirty-one yard interception for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, recovered the blocked field goal and took that back for a touchdown. So, uh, do the first half. He outscored our offense mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think he had like five tackles or something. 
out of the secondary, which yeah, he's pretty eight. good. Uh, he was. He had eight. Good. He had eight. He had solo, eight. Yeah, eight solo tackles. Wow. Only Jefferson had more, and Jefferson had five solo, four assisted. So technically, right. when it comes to one on one, Holton had more. So yep. uh, when he's leading your tackles, probably not. Well, a good thing. Well, and and the one thing that that I would, that I would attribute that to is. Holton Hill seemed to me like the only one that was getting off blocks. He seemed like the only one playing with and any fire on defense to me. Do what? He seemed like the only one playing with any kind of fire on defense to me. Like, it yeah, seemed like yeah, else absolutely. Was, it seemed like nobody else was asserting themselves on that defense at all. No. It, it looked like they were all just kind of like getting – they are all getting like fitted up on, on, on blocks and nobody really seemed like they wanted to fight and get off and go get the guy with the ball. Everybody just – Kind of got pushed around, and Holton Hill, like you said, he was the one with he had some fire in his belly. I thought he was ready to play. I thought quietly Puna Ford looked good, considering you know he's in a position that, especially in this three-four system, isn't going to get a lot of notoriety for tackles and stats and a lot of that. But I thought he showed that he could play that role, and he will do well there this year. So um, that's something to sure. watch. And and I know you're still processing this, and for you as a fan, you're a fan like we are. Uh, you know, maybe it takes you a little bit longer to do that. But just what are your big concerns going forward this year with this team? Attention to detail. Again, I'm having deja vu right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if, something, if something doesn't change on special teams, we are in trouble. That's the third third part of the football game. Like, mm-hmm. You can't play special teams. It's going to be really hard to win a lot of football games. Um, so if we're going to continue to get kicks blocked and we can't make 42 yard field goals, then it's going to be a long year. Yep. And, I, and uh, another thing is the secondary is going to have to find itself. Like you can't have your, your one of your captains, PJ Locke. He looked lost yeah. Yeah. several times. He got burned deep for a touchdown. Like mm-hmm. those are things that can't happen from your captain. Do you um, – is there something that Maryland did that exposed something? I mean, is there something that you just – you know, is it, it like you said, pass defense, offensive line, is there just something they just totally exposed that just absolutely just is going to keep you up the rest of the year? If there was one thing, what would um, it be? There wasn't really one thing that they – that I would say that they exposed. I think they just answered a lot of questions for us. There were a lot of questions surrounding the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, that got answered with five sacks and eight tackles for a loss. Um, a lot of questions surrounding the secondary, secondary, how they were going to come out and play. They didn't give up a ton of yards, but they didn't look good. No. So th- there's nothing that, that really got exposed in my opinion, except for maybe the run defense. I think a lot of people expected more out of that. Yep. Especially up the middle. They looked soft in the middle. To me, anyway. Yes. So, well, all right. I know that's a lot of doom and gloom for you, but, um, you know, you guys got anything else you want to – I mean, I know we got to move on to the other teams. Well, but. I mean, luckily with Tyler, they got a easier game this week before they go out to USC, so maybe they could kind of correct some things and get ready for USC game. Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot, of the, a lot of the problems that they have are correctable. It's not like – Yeah, they are fixable. My only question is, like, it just the, – the thing that I thought worried me the most is, like, I saw nothing different that yeah. – like, you've had – what? how long has he been there now? Eight months? Something like that? 
The same deal. Um, and it just it, it, nothing was any better. That's what stunned me. Like they could have lost the game, fine, but it's how they lost the game. Like that's what just absolutely yep. floored me. I think as a Texas fan, you've got to be sitting there going, we've been doing this for five or six years now. Um, just the lack of detail, the lack of fire, the lack of energy. Just... And it's the same stupid thing, like getting burnt in secondary. Yeah. It's the same thing happening again. I mean, it's, And, and it's... what's most confusing is a lot of these aren't the same players that were doing this five years ago. You're right. still seeing this now with a whole other set of generation of players. So, I don't know. Like, to me, it's – there's a lot – Texas – I mean, I think Kendall said it pretty well. Texas is in trouble. They're going to have to – they're going to have to figure some things out. Quickly. They, they have they have the athletes fix the problem. The question is, can they fix it? I mean, because mm -hmm. we've been asking that now yes. for three years. And, and going off of that, it, I mean, what what you're talking about is that's kind of the culture at Texas right now. Mm -hmm. um, Tom Herman Tom Herman came out and said it. There's two guys on this team that have been on a winning Texas team, so they don't know how to win. And so that culture has kind of been instilled in these guys, even though. Yes, this whole trend started five or six years ago, but that's all that these guys know mm -hmm. is what we've done for the past five or six years. So to take that mindset and that culture and turn it around into something where you have more pride than anybody on the football field and you, ha you, you have that desire to win, that's going to take some time. So... Yes, I was disappointed that there wasn't any change, but I'm still hopeful that by the end of this season, there will be different product on that field. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's that's all we can do. We'll find out. Um, thanks for joining us, Tyler. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. We we started to run, but we got to get to all these other games too. So, uh, thanks for coming on with us, and uh, we'll maybe we'll talk to you next week or later on when we do the preview. All right, well, that, uh, thanks for Tyler for coming on. Uh, I know that couldn't have been easy for him to do that, so <laughs> he, yeah. he seemed like he'd been taking that loss pretty hard. Um, so, and, and uh, you know, the Texas fans, I get that. That The ones that truly bought into the hype are really probably having a rough weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, even if you didn't really necessarily buy into all the hype, you still expected more, more than, than what exactly. happened Saturday. Yeah, so I know that's – and, again, you know, like I said, we've always never said we're nothing more than fans, and he's a fan. Now, he's a fan who's trying to go to school to do this for a living, but he's still a fan. So, uh, you know, he, he's going to take that a little harder than most. Um, well, with that, we're going to roll over to the next game that goes in our schedule. We want to do Texas first, but uh, now we're going to kind of fall in line with as we saw the games this weekend, uh, starting with Tulsa and Oklahoma State on Thursday night. Um, you know, uh, most people know you guys are kind of the resident OSU fans. Uh, before we get too much into the numbers of this game, uh, you know, what uh, we'll start with Kendall here. What were just some of your initial thoughts on this game? Um, if you can remember that far back. Yeah, that was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, initial thoughts were I, I was glad to see them come out throwing the football. Uh, that's something I, I was worried about was they try to come out and establish the run constantly and not throw the ball. And they finally went and threw the ball around. And another thing was I, uh, seeing that uh, J.D. King step up as that second running back to me was, was a big, huge, huge pause. Because, I mean, we've been that's one thing we've been questioning. We, we all agreed Hill was the number one guy, but who was going to be that next guy? And, and it seems like King really stepped in there and proved that he's probably going to be that number two back, which Oklahoma State's been needing. Mm -hmm. I was surprised that Adrian Baker didn't – not only did he not play, he wasn't even in uniform. Wow. When you're bringing in a grad transfer to, you know, step in and hopefully kind of lock down the cornerback position, at least one of those, it's kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what was going on. I think Gundy basically just said he wasn't ready, which mm -hmm. is, is concerning. 
Well, I mean, I, I knew he wasn't going to play or not start or anything because obviously I think it was Cooper last week, which it stunned me when I heard this because I, I know that was something that you guys had talked you felt strongly about combined with the fact that we really didn't know anything about who was going to be in the secondary group that was really going to be able to play well other than you guys were high on the the one freshman. AJ Green. Uh, Green, yes. Uh, and, you know, so it really shocked me that he wasn't able as an experienced senior to assert himself into that role but to not even suit up at all. Yeah, that just made me wonder if he wasn't ready physically because I can't imagine that a fifth-year senior doesn't grasp the – Some of the concepts, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought he would play sparingly, kind of work his way into it, but to not even be in uniform was, was definitely concerning to me. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, it's not like – Oklahoma, and I don't mean this negative, negatively, but Oklahoma State runs a lot of crazy schemes. Like, it's right. not no, like they're right. – I mean, he's he's a pretty straightforward defensive coordinator. He's never really been anything crazy, super nuts. Right. So. It can't be something, and and he came from, um, God, Venables. Name. Venables, who has in the past, and I don't watch Clemson every weekend, but has in the past been somewhat of a crazy scheme guy that can do some schemes. So you wouldn't think. As a matter of fact, when Mike Stoops came back to Oklahoma, a lot of people said, you know, wow, these defenses are going to be a lot simpler now. Maybe the kids can play it better. I distinctly remember that. So. Um, you would think he would be able to grasp some of that. I don't know. Well, and with the announcement last week, it kind of fell in the line. When when the transfer was first announced, there was rumblings out that uh, Venables had basically told, I can't remember if it was Gundy or Spencer, that he was really probably a better suited for a nickelback position. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought maybe that was what was going to happen, that they were going to run more you know, nickel packages and he was going to slot in there where the younger guys played just the regular cornerback positions. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, he didn't even suit up. So Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was a that was one thing that was a little surprising. What you know, what were some things you guys? I mean, obviously, was there anything that just absolutely terrified you? Uh, they, yeah, they still haven't solved the cornerback run game, which going back, I mean, this has been a problem for years, as long as I can remember as an OSU fan. But mm-hmm. at some point, they're going to have to figure out maybe you put a spy on the quarterback or something. But these running quarterbacks have to terrify Oklahoma State fans going into the season now. Well, and another thing is too is you can't drop everybody and then rush three guys. I mean, that's what they start doing, and then the quarterbacks take off running. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, you you got to do something. you got to put some pressure in there. you, you got to do something to try to keep it in the pocket. I mean, when you're rushing three guys and dropping eight, well, it, it opens up lanes, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened over and over again. That was that was the thing that got me was, like, at what point do you say, okay, that doesn't work, let's do something different. But mm-hmm. It didn't seem like that ever happened. Yeah, and to be honest, while I was at the game, I kind of noticed it didn't seem like the defensive line was really getting any pressure on the quarterback for the most part. And then I kind of started debating, you know, maybe this is by design with, with the mobility that both quarterbacks have for TU. Maybe they were worried about maybe over-pursuing the quarterback and forcing them out, which didn't end up being a problem because they weren't – even when they kept him back, it still didn't help. But Yeah. No, no, definitely. Um, <clears throat> but I know offensively it was kind of a just, you know, party circus pretty much. I mean, they did anything and everything they wanted to do for the most part. Um, was there that said? Was there something you saw you took away? Maybe was a little bit concerning on the offensive side of the ball. I wouldn't say concerning. The, my main takeaway from offense, uh, we'll just talk about the first half because the second half was kind of uh, the most boring yeah. football I've ever yeah, watched. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty tough. To uh, watch. The first half, I thought they were a lot more aggressive on the play calls mm-hmm. from just from, right from the get go. And then when you're going into half, there's two minutes left, and I turned to the guy I was watching the game with, and I'm like, "Well, there's two minutes left. Gundy's going to go three rushes, and we're going to." try to run out the clock and go to halftime. And then they throw like a 70-yard bomb to Washington. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I was surprised by that. But not only that, then they get the ball back and they go and try to score again before halftime with like 40 seconds left. So 
I was pretty impressed with that because going back to the Oklahoma game last year, that was a big concern. Just mm-hmm. they're not being aggressive in the situations that they should be. Now, with that being said, Rudolph, of course, makes a bad decision and rolls out and gets sacked and fumbles the ball. Made me wonder if maybe they don't do that anymore going forward. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of hoping Gundy wasn't scarred by that. I mean, that's something – is that something you guys feel like you saw com- and are now are confident enough that you think they will do that in bigger games? Because that's what I question. If the game is really in, in – I don't I don't know if they'll do it with the 30 seconds left like they did, but mm-hmm. I, I can see them doing it with the two minutes. Because if you look back at just the first quarter of that game, they were basically scoring at will. And it was back to mm-hmm. the – the 2011 days of where a touchdown really drive was. is taking like a minute and a half. Right. Yeah, it really was. It did remind me a lot of the Des Bryant. And even when they had Woods, I mean, going back that far, they just started throwing it up some games, and and he would go get it. Well, so. Pistol's firing blog, uh, I think this year they're doing kind of a sub-article where they're going to compare each on a game-to-game basis this year's team to the 2011 team because you have all the similarities. And the stats were kind of mind-boggling. They were very, very similar. I think the uh, – 2011 team had more volume, but the uh, current team was more efficient with their opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty striking, the resemblance. Well, a few of the things I noticed that I wanted to bring up, um, first downs, Tulsa actually outdid Oklahoma State in first downs. They had 26. Um, so that, that was one thing I thought was interesting just because of if you've got an offense that is more dangerous – you know, obviously you're allowing them the success. Tulsa just couldn't put it in the end zone. Right. You know, so that's something that I wanted to bring up. Um, you know, when it comes to net yards rushing, Oklahoma State uh, was uh, did great. I mean, I, I can't really knock them at all. 332 yards rushing. Uh, that's quite a good day at the office. They And they, and they actually halved Tulsa's rushing attempts, basically. I mean, I'm not going to get technical here, but 37 to 60. Uh, you know, Tulsa ran the ball 60 times. Uh, President obviously running that a lot as the quarterback position. Um, so, you know, Oklahoma State did see a heavy dose of run. There were some things that worried me. Just the, you know, like you talked about, the fact that they bailed out and the quarterback could pretty much do whatever they want. Now, that said, <clears throat> I don't know how many quarterbacks in the Big 12 are absolutely going to kill you if you do that. Um, we have Will we ha- Greer would be a problem. We we have some runners. I mean, Baker is a runner, obviously. Will mm-hmm. Greer's a runner, but Baker's not a run first guy, so he's gonna be he's gonna have to recognize the situation and react to it instead of just doing it. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. A new can run if a new ends up being the starter for Baylor going forward can run. Well, Lanning um, if he truly plays both ways. Yes, Bouchelle not a terrible runner. He could run. So that's definitely something to watch because they and, and getting back to the first downs that is where you guys gave up some cheap first downs there mm-hmm. because they um, you know bailed out and left. Um, the other thing I noticed that you know obviously I thought the offensive line did pretty well, but I do want to see some more improvement there. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I would like to see some more there. I heard the uh, and I haven't been able to watch the replay yet. Hopefully, get to do that today. But I heard that for the most part the offensive line was good run run blocking with the exception of Cochran. Apparently he's kind of, from what I've heard, he's lacking a bit of a mean streak. Which yeah, he is, doesn't push people out. Which is needed they, yeah. when you're when you're run blocking, but it apparently he did pretty well pass blocking. Yeah. Now, I thought the interesting stat coming from the game was that this was really Rudolph's first game of not being sacked in wow. his entire career. That's pretty good. Yeah, his uniform, I did notice, he was awfully clean when he left the game. So, uh, you know, they did pretty good there. Um, you know, overall, it's just it's hard to really dog anything in this game or dig it. They just totally annihilated Tulsa. I mean, I'll, you know, there were some things Tulsa did you can nitpick, but it's things that I, I need to see against better teams. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, obviously the third down thing could be worrisome um, going forward. 
Um, again, I don't have the exact number. I tried to find it, but Gundy's quote was, uh, he knows that at least eight, if not more, were third and ten or longer that they gave up. That's definitely something that can be concerning given the right situations. Um, but, you know, it's just it's too hard to dig too. You know, completion percentage of quarterbacks, you know, for as hard as – as Tulsa took it as on their passing and the ones they incompleted, they they went 20 for 38, so they did a little better than 50%. Uh, that's something that, you know, I definitely think people can expose the secondary. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was that was probably the biggest thing I took away, uh, even from a team that couldn't pass the ball. I do think this – but it, it, they're young. Going forward, you know, we'll see how the corners do. They may do a little better going forward. I will I, say this. A lot of the success, it seemed like to me, at least I was at the game, but – a lot of the success that they had passing was in the second half. They did. It which did. at that point, Majority they're starting to roll through a lot of the other. Mm-hmm. The other, I know they had freshmen, uh, true freshman safeties in the game. Yep. Especially on a late touchdown. Um, I'm trying to find the, the turnovers here. The see, Tulsa had three and they lost two. So Oklahoma State had two fumbles. Oklahoma State fumbled twice and lost two. Both horrible plays by the offense, by the way. Um, I was trying they to were. find uh, interceptions. Was there any picks? I don't think there was Tulsa? any interceptions. I can't think of any either. I don't remember. Again, this game was five days ago. I'm trying to remember whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was all fumbles. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, that that's not uh, – one thing I felt like we talked about, if Oklahoma State's going to do what it did in 11, they've got to be good at turnovers. Mm-hmm. They've got to yes. get more of them. Um, so that's something I want to watch more. Um, time of possession, Tulsa overwhelmingly led that. But, you know, that's again, Oklahoma State was scoring so fast, it doesn't matter. Um, what what did you guys – was there anything you took away from this game you felt like was better than you thought it would be? Um, I don't know. Maybe, I'd probably have to go with Kendall, the, the backup running that's back spot. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't know. We assumed we, – we had heard that he was going to be pretty effective. But the fact that he did he did good, and then LD Brown came in and did good as well. That mm-hmm. was that was definitely encouraging. Yeah, and I guess the fact that they that Rudolph wasn't sacked. Now, granted, it was against Tulsa, but at the same time, going into the game, they had kind of been saying that the strength of Tulsa's defense was the defensive end. Yeah, the pass rush definitely. They they had two of the better it, as far as the tandem goes on one team. It's one of the better groups in, right. in all of football. So, uh, and Brubaker and I can't remember the other one's name. Yeah. So, um, you know, they they did pretty well. The, kind of keeping them from being able to get to the back to it. I think Cochran is going to be okay. I think he's going to do fine. That was one thing I wanted to watch. Um, you know, I didn't really see any of the other transfers that I can remember playing. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and again, the running backs, I thought King did really well. Uh, um, it, what the, who was the other one you said played? Uh, LD Brown. Uh, LD Brown, yes. Uh, now, King, do you guys feel like it's kind of going to be a banger for them? He's going to be your Chris Carson type back. Where Third down he's back. He's a bigger guy. He yeah. can pass block. He can also lay down lay down his shoulder and, and run over some people. Do you guys – What? Uh, that's one thing I want to talk about. What kind of improvement from Hill did you guys feel like you saw, if any? Uh, well, I mean, it looked like he was fully back to, to himself as far as injury-wise, which that's one thing I was wondering. Uh, if he looked pretty healthy and then the extra weight he put on, I think that's really going to help him going forward in the season too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that we talked about too is that we wanted to see the passing game kind of open up the run game. And it really seemed like that kind of took place. The, those deep passes really open up run lanes really easy for those guys. So, I mean, I, I th- to me, that's going to have to be a big thing going forward. They're going to have to keep attacking downfield and loosening it up, and then that allows them running backs to run wild. That's kind of – to me, that's what I wanted to see going in, and I wasn't sure I was going to see that because that's not really their M.O. normally. Normally it's establish the run and then go for the pass. And so mm-hmm. I was I was happy just to see him come out and, like, let, let's go. I mean, we're and another thing I was really happy about, like Colin was talking about earlier – Oklahoma State's always had a tendency of we get ahead, slow down the game, you know, 
bring it back a little bit. And what happens is we let people hang in games. This mm-hmm. time they didn't. They were like two minutes to go in the half. We're flinging the ball around trying to score. And mm-hmm. that, that's that's the mentality you have to have with this kind of offense. You you got to go attack, attack, attack. And you know that I was glad to see that finally. I'll be honest. That was the most uh, striking part of the game for me. Uh, I was just sure when there was two minutes left and they get the ball back that they're going to go into the, the shutdown. We're going to mm-hmm. go take this comfortable lead into halftime and come out and put in the backups in the second half and go for it. And when they threw that deep pass to Washington, I was shocked. I'm glad to see that. That's what they've got to do. If you're yes. if you're truly trying to be an elite team in football, you have to be able to just go out and lay it on people. Mm-hmm. No, that was definitely. the first time they did that. Yeah, and, and – but that's one thing I want to watch going forward is if they can keep that killer mentality because this offense is good enough to run that fast and run that hard constantly. So, you know, I, I definitely want to see it because I, I feel like if they they don't have to put as much pressure on the defense, they're going to be okay this year. They're going to do better. So, uh, something to watch. Anything else you guys want to throw in before we move on? No, uh, just a reminder, they have the uh, Friday game this week as well. So, it's not your normal Saturday schedule again. We have, it's, uh, I believe, a 7 p.m. kickoff. And that's against? South Alabama. South Alabama, okay. And that's a, is that the one on the road? That one's on the road, right? Yes. Yeah. I, that's I, a weird game. Still don't like that, but okay. Friday on the road against South Alabama. Which, for their review, they lost uh, 47 to 27 Ole Miss. Mm, South okay. Alabama did. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, moving on there to the next one. On our schedule, we had Baylor and Liberty. Um, you know, this one, I hate to say it shocked me because I don't know that it necessarily did, but because we were kind of in a wait and see mode for Baylor, but I really thought they'd win this game. Uh, Baylor is not, or Liberty is not somebody that's been any good traditionally. Uh, if I remember correctly, this is their first year in FBS. No, they're still, uh, they're still in media. Are they in FBS? Yeah, they're still FBS. Okay, so they're trying to go to FBS. Then I couldn't remember if they. I think it's next yet. year they go FBS. <clears throat> okay, all right. So you know that that kind of tells you where they are there. They haven't, from what I've seen, historically been all that great there. Um, you know, just oh, there's so much to get into with this game that I just I don't even know where to begin really, other than is there anything you know? Okay, we'll start with this. Where where did you just absolutely were just floored? Starting with Kendall, where were you just absolutely floored uh, with uh, the Baylor? You know, the Baylor I, performance this weekend. I I was floored that how well the Liberty quarterback was able to do whatever he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. To me, that doesn't speak very well going forward in the Big 12 whenever you have Rudolph and Mayfield and uh, Greer. You have all these quarterbacks who can fling the ball around. To me, that's a scary it's a scary thought going into the season. I mean, that's something they're definitely going to have to start shoring up pretty quick because once they get in Big 12 play, it could be ugly. Cause, mm-hmm. I mean, when a guy goes 44 or 60 for 400 and something yards, uh, that's that's not – you know, that's not a good thing, especially and in this league. They're not – it's not like Liberty's got a bunch of players that are better either. Like, you know what no. I mean? Like, they're just a lot of guys – the quarterback I thought played really well, but, you know, what's going to happen when your Big 12 players are doing that to you? Yeah, that, you that's know? that's what's scary to me. And nothing I – nothing I guess what really shocked me was, I guess Baylor is farther behind than what we all thought. I, I knew mm-hmm. I knew that they, they were going to struggle at times. I knew that they were behind as far as, you know, the recruiting and things. Everything kind of falling apart there for a while. But I didn't see them this far behind. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one thing that surprised me. I I mean, they, they got a long road ahead of them right, this year. I mean, this year is going to be – if they don't start shoring up things, it's going to be a rough season. Well, and, you know, we talked about how that, that recruiting class that they lost is going to start showing its ugly head because, you know, like I had talked about, a lot of those guys that um, – you know, had left this last year, This that class was going to start filling in a lot of those positions. A lot of those key guys, again, D- number one, probably Duvernay, who's starting at Texas at wide receiver. 
you know, he'd be in a Baylor uniform right now. And, and I can go on and on and on. Um, you know, that that's that's something I think is clearly showing up because not only are they lacking depth in places, they're just not very good. Um, you know, a lot of those key players, star players, left them. Um, so that that's definitely something that, that I, th- I thought it surprised me. I, again, I didn't know that it would be this bad. Um, and, you know, and again, this is one game. Right. I don't want to just completely drag them under the mud, but it's hard to see when we saw what they're bad at in this game and just clearly lack of talent to me. I mean, Colin, is that how you felt? Did you get to watch much of this game? I didn't get to watch this when I was watching the Kansas game. Um, okay, Kendall, I, you yeah. know, I, to, to me, did, did you see anything else other than just a clear lack of talent in places? Yeah, I mean, to me, that was the biggest thing was lack of talent. Another thing that really caught me off guard was New Solomon didn't didn't do what I thought he was going to do. I mean, they named mm-hmm. him the starter like he was going to be the guy. And to me, he just didn't play very well. I mean, he only completed about 50% of his passes. I mean, if you do that in Big 12 play – your team's in trouble. Oh yeah. I mean, you you have to be a lot more accurate, and you got to make plays. You, you know, you you have to score. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, if you're not able to score in the Big Twelve, you're you're in trouble when you get to Big Twelve play. So I, I mean, they, they have a few question marks that that they need to answer right away. You know, I mean, I I, I you know going the season, I really thought Zach Smith was really primed to take this team over because he just seemed like he he had the right things going. But then Solomon, I guess, came in and kind of changed their viewpoint of that, which which is mm-hmm. fine. But I didn't think he played very well. No. See, and to me, that almost makes me think that maybe the reason that Solomon won the job is more for his legs and his arm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is that the kind of offense that Rule wants to run? Is Does he want to have a, a mobile quarterback that does have that dual threat ability? Well, yeah, I, I think so because if it gives them an added dimension, and that's what they need right now. Like, you, they're going to need everything they can get. Right. And, and him doing that, obviously I think Zach Smith is a better arm and is a better future quarterback, especially when you're talking in terms of NFL prospect. But – when it comes to running, a new gives you that, and Smith just doesn't. He's not a, a great runner by any means. Well, and I think Matt Rule's thing is too. He wants to come in and try shorten games up. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't. He doesn't want his defense to be on the play you know, on the field for ninety plays. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you're gonna have to be able to score at the time of that. Because I mean, like for example, in Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, they can score in three plays. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you're not, if you're not, even if you're shortening a game, if you're not scoring, you're still gonna get beat. And so that, I think that's one thing that he has to start trying to realize is that. This isn't – This isn't. you're not Temple anymore. Yeah. Things are going to be a little bit different in Big 12. They're able to put up points real quick. And so you could be down 14 nothing, and your defense only been out there six plays. The other thing I thought of, too, when we talked going back to his statements in the uh, – I think it was Big 12 media days where he talked about playing guys both ways, uh, it's clear that they need that, but I don't know that it's even going to help them. Like, they don't have enough depth, you know what I mean? So right. they clearly need guys to do that, but I don't know how much it's going to hurt them because guys are only going to be playing so much plays. It's kind of a catch twenty two. I really not really sure what to do with that. Um, you know, and, and Liberty, I hate to go as far as to say they did whatever they wanted, but they almost did. Uh, I mean, you know, Liberty threw forty four for sixty. Uh, the quarterback, which the quarterback at Liberty was pretty good. Oh no, he wasn't. Uh, I mean, I don't no, want to no, take him. Yeah, I'm no. not taking anything away from the kid. Um, you know, he was the one I truly felt like could have played Big Twelve ball on their team. Uh, they had a receiver. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. That was pretty good too. But for the most part, you know, Gandy Golden. That might have been his name, yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, for the most part, I don't feel like they just were just way more talented than Baylor, but they definitely played better. Uh, yeah. They were just they executed better, uh, you know, all those kind of things. Now there were some things that were equal. I mean, Baylor had three passing touchdowns, and you did do well there. Uh, that equaled what what Liberty did. Um, now Baylor did show uh, more of a downfield passing game with the new, which was good on some of the positive sides. I mean, let me see here. They averaged. 
per attempt they averaged about uh, or per completion they averaged 19 uh, basically 20 yards uh, a completion uh, was their average for the day so that's good news I mean that's something that you can work with and you can go forward with as a Baylor fan um, they didn't have any big plays over 50 I don't believe I don't see him anywhere um, so the passing game I thought was okay I think it's something you can build on um, the running game when Hasty went down I thought that really hurt them yes um, you didn't really see as much from them after that point um, they had 10 first downs all day rushing to Liberty's nine you know it wasn't a game where anybody just completely ran the ball well per se um, you know special team it just it was just a lot of okay like I, I don't really know how else to put it other than that there wasn't anything uh, if there was one thing you know going for Kendall especially you having to watch him and cover him uh, this team, is there one thing you felt like they definitely did well and they can build on? Well, I mean, the thing that they have to build on, they're going to have to just get better at detail. I mean, it's going to have to be the minor things to help you win games. They, they're they not going to be able to, with their with all the lack of talent they've had, it's based on, you know, people leaving and slash uh, recruiting classes falling apart. They're not going to have the athletes to go out there and just line up one on one and clear. beat you. That's, yeah, that's clear. clear. They don't so have they're, talent. Now. They're going to have to find ways to do the small things right. Mm-hmm. Keep, you know, protect the football. Make sure you have good blocks. You know, good things like that. They're going to have to move the ball. You know, try to get, just convert first downs, shorten the game. They're going to have to do things like that. They're not going to be able to just line up one on one like they have in the past with someone super talented on the outside and be able to beat you one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Those days are kind of over in, in the near future for, like, this season. I, so I, I do feel like they get – is Hasty? have we seen anything on Hasty? Is he okay? He's going to be out up to four weeks yeah, with an MCL spring. Okay. So, you get Hasty back healthy. You get um, – Williams. Williams. Tr- uh, Williams back. Uh, and there's another running back. I'm forgetting the name that's not bad on the team. But, anyway, you get those three guys back. Um, I do feel like your strength is at running back. Yeah. I feel like they can do they can be okay there. They can do well there. Now this offensive line blocking for that, that's gonna have to be something. But I do feel like that's where their talent is. Um they need to lean on that running game and that that is going back to Colin's point why you maybe want Solomon because you get those backs healthy, you get Solomon out there, you can do a lot of zone read, a lot of things like that, and that will open up this passing game. That will eventually defenses are gonna have to answer that when they get everybody back healthy. Now the question of that is what are we looking at on Trent's ter- uh, timetable? He's not till conference. So yeah, conference getting played that long. Okay, so you know we'll see on that. They, how many? How bad do you think this thing gets, Kendall? Before they it, do, how many games do they win this year? In your opinion, I know it's. I know I'm keeping a lot on you one week, but projecting wise, how how well are they going to compete in this league? I'm, man, I, I'm saying they're four, four to five wins. I don't see them going to a bowl game this year. Well, I think we all you felt know? like this was the the easy win for them, right? I mean, am I crazy? Did we all didn't we all think this was? Yeah, and, and a game been. that should have well, been in the check mark for them. Another thing that bothers me is is Golden, the receiver for for Liberty. He had 13 catches, 192 yards, and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's not a Lazard. He's not no, a James Washington. No, he's not. No, so, he's not. Uh, he's know, a good if player. You, if you can't find some, if you can't find yeah. someone to at least halfway shut him down, I mean, the kid's got to be a good athlete. But I mean. Not, not to like these numbers. To me, he's not that good. He's not mm-hmm. 192 yards and two touchdowns against no. your team. And, and you know, and Kevin, if he hears this Barrera from, he may kill us for saying this. But it, this is just my opinion. When we found out Petrie, who I know many of you um, who know the Baylor program and follow it, he's the one that did stick with Rule and Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, when when everything went down, if you guys will remember the story, they had one commit that stayed in that class after everybody built. That was Petrie. But that said, he's like I said, I think he's barely a top 1,000 player in the country. He was ranked, I think he was ranked like 900 and something, if I remember right. 
Um, he's not, you know, um, uh, Baylor two years ago, he's not on the field. Um, put it that way. And when we found out he is starting at linebacker for them, I was worried. Like, I was genuinely like, they're, especially defensively, there's a problem. So, um, you know, and, and you know, defend, wide receiver, they still had some talent there. Um, I was a little surprised. You know, Nicholson, he ends up with five catches, 28 yards. Uh, Chris Platt, obviously, I guess was, if you want to say, had the big day for them. I mean, nobody just went off. But he had two touchdowns, 102 yards on three catches. So, again, you know, and that tells you right there, going back to the point earlier, they did have some success throwing the ball downfield. Uh, you know, five, three catches for Platt on 102 yards, that's pretty good. I mean, as long as 75 yards. Um, so, and if you look at this down the board, Pooh Strickland, his large, his long was 49 yards. Denzel Mims, his long was 45 yards. So, they have, that to me was the one thing that I saw the best. We know the running backs are good, but they did th- show some success throwing the ball downfield. So, that's one thing that you can work with and hope with. That said, if that's all you can do, the Big 12 is going to take that away from you. Like they're yeah. they're just gonna completely umbrella the crap out of your secondary, and they're gonna completely because that's one thing we do well in this league. Here, here's a problem if you're a Baylor fan trying to look at a way for them to get bowl eligible. Their next two games are they have UTSA at home, which you know if they play well could be a win. Then they go to Duke, which that game has to be in question now. Then you open play, which will probably be the first game that maybe Williams is available to play is OU at home. Then you go at Kansas State. Then you get your bye, thankfully. Then you're at Oklahoma State. And then you get West Virginia at home. Man. Jeez. It's man, just a brutal man, way to man, open man. the season. You, you could be looking at – They're looking at 0-7 or 0-6 possibly, right? They've got to win the next two. Yeah. Who's the next two? Right? Duke and UTSA and Duke. I don't think they're beating Duke, boys. Like, I don't – I mean, Duke is not Duke three years ago with Cutcliffe, but they're better than they were last year. Well, I had it as a win going into that game, but with the way that that game turned After out, Liberty, it's hard. They're not beating Duke, guys. Is, is it at Duke? Yes. Yeah, they're not beating Duke, guys. Uh, I mean, not that that's a powerhouse to play out or anything. Nobody ever shows up to the football games at Duke anyway, but – They could be looking at it like uh, a one-and-six start. That yeah. being said, once they run the gauntlet, that is the uh, beginning of the Big 12 schedule – They'll get Kansas Tech and Iowa State in a row before finishing with TCU. They could beat UTSA, but I don't see it. Here's the problem, guys. There's a reason. There's a chance they could not win a game or maybe win one game when they sneak up on somebody because here's the thing. The teams that they're playing that they could beat are all at the back half of the conference schedule that are going to have time to get better. Tech's going to have time to improve. All those teams are. Um, Kansas is going to have time to improve. Not that Kansas did bad necessarily yesterday, but they're going to have time to improve. Um, you know, whereas you're going to have to play the mega stars right up front, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, didn't you say that? Uh, mm-hmm. Kansas State. Well, Texas now is not West Virginia. Uh, Kansas State, West Virginia, yeah. That's all. That's their first four or five games in the league. The first yeah. conference games, so, yeah. Oklahoma, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. And then Texas. The Texas. So, and you do get Oklahoma at home, but, you know, and of course Joey said you guys are going to win that game, so you should should be good to go there. But, um, you know, I that's, that's not good, man. If they were going to flip that, if you put those at the back half, maybe they have time to. I, they're going to be, they're going to have to get as much as they can out of these next two games as far as improvement mm-hmm. and what they can do. Because if not, they are going to get steamrolled when it comes into the league. Uh, I mean, uh, there's no reason Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State shouldn't beat this team by 40 or 50. No reason. And I don't, you know, I'm not saying it will happen, but after what we saw yesterday, I mean, my God, look at what what Liberty did to them with basically just a quarterback and a decent receiver. I mean, when you're getting down to it, their quarterback outplayed their, you know, the rest of the team. I well, mean, I mean just, this is a telltale sign. When you punt more times than Liberty, you got problems. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I know they lost that's, to them by three points, but that yeah. said, you still lost to Liberty. 
and you know that's not good so we'll see i don't know um you know as far as something again things they can build on they did well passing the ball down the field they can throw the ball a new you know, I told you guys in the preview show, I thought, you know, don't sleep on him because everybody at that time was saying, it's Smith, it's Smith, it's Smith, it's Smith. Anu gives you a veteran, gives you a guy that's dual threat, and gives you a guy who's been there in the trenches and can do it. You yeah, know? so we'll but see. When he's only competing less than 50% yes, of his passes, that's always that been, might be. Well, his freshman or sophomore year, when he had that great year, he did well. Other than that, he's always been a question of he can, he's never seemed to have been well over 55%. Like, it seems like he's always been kind of a, a mid-50s passer or less. So And that gets you beat in the Big 12. Yes, it does. And now to, in a lot of conferences. Nowadays, if you can't complete 62 to 65% of your passes, you're not going to do well. It's just facts. I mean, that's not what it was in 98 of the world. But, you know, nowadays, that's just facts. you got to complete over 60%. So, all right. Uh, anything else we want to throw with Baylor before we move on? Okay, we'll see how they do. Good luck to the Bears on the rest of the year. Moving on. This one I can honestly say I didn't see live. I got to watch some clips of it. Finally, YouTube got it up last night. Um, so, you know, Kendall, this is your squad. You'll be able to help us with mm-hmm. this. You and I and Iowa State, and I'm sorry I didn't mean to put two of your teams back-to-back, but yeah. that's just how it fell. Uh, you and I, Iowa State, uh, you know, Iowa State almost doubled them up, 42-24. Uh, you know, what did we learn about Iowa State this weekend? That we, You know, some things we thought we knew about them. What did we learn? Well, we learned that uh, the passing game is quite a bit better than it was last year. Uh, Park seemed to be a little more comfortable back there, um, especially being now that he is the man, not having to switch back and forth. It seems like he was able to find a groove in the game. Uh, receivers, the, we, we were right on. They're talented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lazard had eight catches, 108 yards. So, I mean, he, he's he's a beast. Mm-hmm. So, we, the, the, those things we knew. Uh, the thing that was to me was a little bit worrisome to me was, was Mike Warren. I was kind of expecting him to have a better game. Uh, you know, he, he rushed the ball 12 times, but he only had 35 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I, I was expecting more out of him. Um, you kind of having that good one-two punch with the Montgomery and him. He didn't, he didn't perform as well. Well, Montgomery, you know, he he had 83 yards on 14 carries, which is not terrible. But I just, I just kind of expected a little bit more out of the run game mm-hmm. than than what we got. Um, you know, I, especially when you have those receivers, if you can kind of like with Oklahoma State, for example, you kind of spread that defense out a little bit, should open up some run lanes. It didn't seem like they did as much as as I was expecting. So to me, that was a little bit worrisome going forward, uh, especially when you have Iowa coming up here pretty quick. So I, I there were there were a lot of positive things that we thought going into the game that happened, but I I really expected more out of the run game than we've seen. Did Did you feel like that was the nature of they just love this passing game, love these toys, are going to lean on that, and they're just going to supplement somewhat with the run game? Well, I mean they 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 passed. 35 times and they ran 35 times. So, so I mean, it, it was a balanced attack mm-hmm. as far as amount of plays, but it just, there just wasn't any explosion out of the run game. I mean, the longest runs were 10 yards and then Montgomery had one that was seven. I mean, uh, sorry. Uh, Warren had one that was 10 yards and Montgomery had one 17. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there wasn't really any big explosion plays out of the run game, kind of like I, I thought would happen going into the season. So, I'm kind of, I, I'd like to see more out of, out of the run game than what it produced. A uh, passing game, I think, is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. They, they they have the right kind of weapons there, but going forward, especially in the Iowa game, you're you're gonna you're gonna need to run the football a little bit better. So yeah. I, that was one thing that I I took away not so positive. As far as defensively, I thought they played pretty well, uh, especially with all the new guys coming in. You know, landing at uh, linebacker, then the new guys up front from JUCO uh, across the front line. I thought they played pretty well. Uh, Cotton Moya, of course, had a great game like he always does. So to me, they were they, they did play, they played pretty well football. I mean, I will say this. It, Going back one year from now, the way they played against you and I, yeah. to the way they played this year against you and I, uh, huge difference. That's what so. I was getting ready to get at. To me, this this is the kind of game that in the past we've seen them win, but 
not necessarily win in any kind of fashion. You know what I mean? It was just to survive it and move on. Um, as you know, as we saw them build it, it to me, this was, I, I don't want to say this because people are going to overreact because you know how our Twitter followers are. They overreact to everything I say. But this was somewhat of a statement game early for Iowa State just to say that, hey, you know, we do have some weapons. We do still need to figure out how to use it all. But, hey, we're coming. You know, we, right. we can do some things offensively. And, again, I know that you and I, you know, I'm not predicting Iowa State to win the league or anything like that, so don't say that. I'm just saying that compared to what we've been used to with Iowa State, this was clearly a better effort from them. I Absolutely. guess is what I'm trying to get at. Then, then this was clearly them saying, look, we can score. We can throw the ball. We can run the ball. We need to work on that, but we need to, we can run the ball. Uh, you know, the, definitely better than last year's team, I would agree. Uh, so, you know, as far as running the ball, it wasn't terrible. Uh, and they ran the ball for 134 yards. I mean, that's not bad. Um, I would like to see them do that better because as good as this wide receiving core is, you know, there's some really good secondaries in the Big 12 that are going to be, you know, TCU has a good one. OU's looks to not be too bad. Um, you know, there, there's going to be some, some, some secondaries that they can really – kind of crank down on those receivers and force them to have to run the ball a little more. Now, I do think Iowa State's good enough at receiver. They can still somewhat get away with things passing the ball. But, you know, and Park, uh, you know, what was your, your overall take of him on his performance yesterday? Well, I mean, I, I felt like he, he looked a lot more comfortable this year compared to last year. And I think a lot of that has to do with just when you know you're the guy and you're not looking over your shoulder and you're not coming – you get a little more flow in the game as far as not coming out and setting for a possession or two. But, I mean – to me, he's gonna be fine. Like, mm-hmm. like, I mean, this this to me was a tune-up game. Whenever he was, he, this is the first time he's really been the man as far as I, I'm the quarterback of this team mm-hmm. fully. So I, I expect him to keep growing in the process. I mean, he's got he's got all the tools to be a really good quarterback. You know, he's accurate. He he can throw has a pretty good arm. So I mean, the things going forward, it, it the passing game looks fine. Like I said, to me, the worrisome part, but to me, was the run game because. I can promise you, Iowa's defensive line is going to be better than Northern Iowa's defensive line. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, they're going to have to be able to run the football a little bit, in my opinion, this coming week. So I, I'm just I, I think Parks will be fine. Like I really feel like he he is the right guy, and I feel like he's going to carry them on in the future. But it just I, I just disappointed in the run game. I, I I was expecting a lot more out of them than that. Did it concern you at all that they only held uh, Northern Iowa to f- punting five times? They only had to, I mean, I know that sounds like a lot to some people, but it's not considering, you know, what you and I. Yeah, well, I mean, we all kind of knew going in this year that the defense was not all that great. I mean, we felt like there was pieces of the defense that was good, but especially when you're bringing in that many new guys across the front line, it, mm-hmm. it, it takes a while to gel together. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have so many new guys, Juco up front, and then you have Lanning playing linebacker now. I mean, so they're still young as far as experience, uh, you know, Big time college division one football experience up front. That that's the secondary is not bad. It's it's the front guys. They need some more experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think they can grow and I think they can learn and they can get better. Uh, I mean, are they there yet? No, they're not. But the future to me, they have the right guys there who can build and become better players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a few things I saw that I wanted to mention. And I know we talked about numbers. I'm going to get to. A, we're going to do a segment at the end real quickly where we list some of the numbers. But uh, a few things from this stat that I wanted to mention. No sacks. The quarterbacks mm-hmm. in Iowa State were not sacked at all. And, again, I know, don't start at me with you and I. I know, but that's that's good. That's positive. No sacks. Um, they were able to sack the quarterback twice for the other team. Um, you know, they the one thing, 259 pass, 259 yards passing, that's not terrible. Uh, they, you know, they yeah. allowed that. They allowed 259 yards passing. Uh, you know, that's not, that's not too bad at all, I don't think. 
um, you know, what that equates to when a Rudolph Mayfield, you know, Hill, all those guys start throwing the ball, Greer, we'll see. But, uh, you know, you can live with that performance on that. Um, they gave up three touchdowns in the air, and that was pretty much you and I scoring. Uh, running the ball, you know, they only gave up 139 yards rushing. That's not too bad. I mean, again, that's something you can live with. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I, I, I think that defensive line is going to only just get tremendously better by the end of the year. Um, you know, there's just too much talent there. Again, they, for those who didn't listen in the, this summer, they got three top 50 recruits in the country out of JUCO on that defensive line. So, you know, it's not freshmen. It's guys coming in that have played, that have played college ball. You know, so it's definitely something to watch. Um, I know he didn't do a whole lot, but did you have any? It uh, looks like you only, never mind, he only had one attempt. I was going to ask you your impressions on Zeb Nolan, but um, I guess you can't really get no. that. He only had one attempt. No. Um, so the, uh, I take it Park played the whole game then. I'm guessing the one attempt was that just at the end of the game because mm-hmm. uh, he, he registered no yards there. So um, receiving, Lazard, 108 yards. You know, great day for him. I think he uh, became the all-time yes. re- reception leader. Did he LSA. that quickly? Yeah. Okay, I didn't he, he needed quickly. seven. And he got eight. Yeah. So yeah, he got eight catches, 108 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns, but that may not necessarily be his job for this offense. I think there uh, now he will have touchdowns, especially when they get close to the red zone. Don't get me wrong, but I see him more as a possession receiver. It's third down. We need to go to Lazard to get this first down. Uh, you know, I see him as more of that. So, uh, you know, splitting it, they split it up pretty well receiving. You know, Murdoch had 19 yards. Uh, Ryan had 55. Hakeem Butler. Butler's the, that other Juco receiver, correct? Mm-hmm. The one we talked about that was going to take that other outside job from them. Uh, you know, he had 75 yards. That's good. That's what you want to see as an Iowa State person. You want to see that. Um, Jones. Uh, Jones only had one catch for nine yards. That one worries me a little bit. Not necessarily long term, but just, you know, what happened there. I don't know. Like I said, I got to see the highlights of the game. I didn't get to see the whole game. Well, and I think my guy I was I was high on going to the game was Chase Allen, the tight end, and he didn't have a catch. I, I was really expecting him to do something in this mm-hmm. game. He's just so big and ta- I mean, athletic, so I, I was really expecting a little bit of him. But, yeah, I mean, it's still the early season. So, uh, Kind of wrapping this one up, is if there's one thing, I know, Colin, you didn't get to really see it, so you don't have to comment on this if you don't want. But, uh, Kendall, is there is there one thing going forward that – What's one thing going forward you're really good or high on their ability to do, and what's the one thing you feel like they need to work on the most? Well, I mean, to me, it's definitely going to, as far as working on it has to be the rush. I mean, they they have to be able to produce better better rushing yards. Uh, as far as balance attack, I mean, there were 35 plays each side. So, I mean, they passing and running. So, they, they kept balance, but they just didn't produce as much out of the run game as they probably should have, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So, I think it's one thing they have to work on. Uh, going forward, I mean, I think they have the right – talented guys in the right positions it's just one of those things where especially defensively they they got to gel like they, they got to start working together and and trusting one another just those minor things that only comes with game experience you can't as much as you practice you get those juco guys out there they're super talented but until they get in game experience and get to know each other and trust one another and do the right things that's whenever your defense starts coming together mm-hmm. they, they haven't put that piece together but i mean that being said it's only been one game they've been in there so they have time to gel one thing I wanted to bring up uh, on the defensive side of the ball, landing, obviously that's something, the storyline that we're going to follow throughout the year. Uh, two solo tackles, five assisted, he ended up with seven as the third leading tackler on the team. Uh, you know, that's that's good for him that he's that he's making that adjustment. Yeah, and, and I'm really watching to see him against Iowa because, I mean, Iowa, you know what, you know how they are. They're going to they're gonna run right at you. So I'm really interested in that game, how well he can get off the blocks of big tackles against teams that's really 
going to be run heavy and they're going to run right at you. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that's going to be – to me, this next game is going to be able to tell me if he is a middle linebacker or if he's not. Mm-hmm. This, this next game against Iowa, that's going to be the one to really tell exactly where he's at. That's good that your your linebacker is one of the, the top guys. Obviously, you know we don't you don't want safeties and corners being your leading tacklers. So no. uh, that's good for them. So that's one thing I wanted to bring up because we you know we'll keep an eye on that storyline all year. Uh, so with that, anything else you want to uh, throw out about Iowa State? No, I mean it was, it was just a better start to this season than it was last season. So I mean they're already getting off to a better the right direction compared to what they did last year. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, granted it's Northern Iowa, but last year they lost Northern Iowa. So yeah. I mean that's they're, they're going the right direction. Yep. Okay, with that, we'll move over to the next one. Uh, Colin, this is this is your squad here. We got Kansas versus SEMO, uh, Southeast Missouri. Uh, just real quickly, your takes away from this game. Uh, the offense has definitely improved. That was one thing I noticed in the game. You could tell there's a big difference with Peyton Bender stepping in at quarterback compared to what they had last year. Now, I don't want to say that if Carter Stanley had been put in the same situation that he wouldn't have the same success because I think part of it is the fact that you have Doug Meacham making the calls. But Bender's definitely a big part as well. So mm-hmm. the the passing game is much improved. I think the defense played well. I don't know that they're quite on the same level as they were last year because that defense was, you know, uh, kind of flew under the yeah, yeah. flew under the radar is how good they were last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, just my main takeaway was that the offense is much improved from last year. What as far as you mentioned Meacham, is there what are some differences, if any, that you're seeing from this offense that they're trying to do now? <sighs> you know, I wasn't really paying attention. To that. <laughs> I, I thought that. You know, there might have been more of an emphasis on the passing game because you didn't have – last year you hit with Montel Cozart, obviously, being the starter for a good portion of it. You had kind of an emphasis on the quarterback run game. Yeah. And, of course, with all the turnovers, you never really got to see them get started for the most part. But, you know, I think just with the experienced quarterback that you brought in with Peyton Bender, him actually being able to take time and work through his reads and then make pretty good throws for the most part, I thought that that was – Maybe the biggest difference was really probably him. Uh, they lost one of their key guys, Gonzalez. You know, we talked about earlier this summer. How how do you feel like they adjusted that? Because to me, he was kind of a weapon for them. Yeah, I don't know that they have that that deep threat that they were going to have with him. I think they'll make do without. Uh, really, from the receiver group, the surprising thing to me was you didn't see Dalen Charlotte until really late in the game. And I don't even know if he recorded a reception. I have to have to uh, check real fast. He caught one, but then it was immediately wiped away by a penalty. So. That's the uh, transfer from Bama that, along with Gonzalez and Sims, you kind of expected to make up the core of the receiving group. Now, with that being said, Steven Sims had a great game. Mm-hmm. He was involved uh, heavily in the receiving game, also returned a kick, I believe, for around 44 yards. Yeah, he was their leading receiver at 142 yards. I mean, he had four catches. Booker had one more. Uh, Charlotte, I don't see Charlotte on here. Yeah. He, catch, didn't, he so. didn't have a reception. He, he had one reception. It was late, and I believe it was in the fourth quarter, but it was wiped away by a holding penalty. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah, he was supposed to be one of the guys. So I don't know what the deal is with that. I don't know if it was maybe just kind of a, you know, the learning opportunities, maybe got in a doghouse late or, or what. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly Sims, we knew he was good, and he gives him the deep threat. I mean, he had a 77-yard touchdown. So, yeah. Or a 77-yard catch, I'm guessing. I don't know if it was a touchdown. It probably was being 77 yards. Yes, but, it was definitely a touchdown. Uh, he was targeted six times, caught at four, so that's good. Uh, Booker, Jay, I can't think of his first name. Booker, he uh, uh, five catches, 66 yards. So uh, Now, also, Ben Johnson had 90 yards. Yeah, that's your, your tight end, and he was doing a good job of just kind of – Sneaking out into the openings and, and pulling down just wide open. Passes. Which is great. That's what yeah. they need. I mean, that's clearly something they need to do. That 57-yard uh, reception that he had was just great. I mean, he mm-hmm. snuck out, got wide open, and just 
took it down the sideline. Uh, the, the rushing side of it, you, you know, you'd mentioned Don Williams led the team in rushing. Um, it just wasn't overall a great rushing day on their part. You know, is, uh, you know, is there some things that worry you? Is, is Dom not the answer? Do you feel like they maybe need to be looking for somebody else? Well, see, I started the game late. I, I came in, it was 14 nothing. So I don't know who actually started the game. I think it may have been the uh, Taylor Martin. But, yeah, looking at the, the numbers, you have to be concerned. I think Dom Williams may actually be your answer. I was kind of surprised that uh, Khalil Herbert only had one one carry, but Dom Williams, I mean, we talked about him a lot in the offseason. The guy obviously was a highly rated recruit coming out of Texas and surprisingly stuck with Kansas. I, I mean, I forget who we talked to, but he was obviously shocked that, of that as well. But Jesse, I think, wasn't Yeah, it? Jesse Newell. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, 10 carries for your, your leading running back to only have 10 carries is a concern, and especially looking at what they did with those carries, the other guys in your – who, who is this? Uh, well, I don't even know who that is. Uh, but four yards of carry for your for your lead back, Dom Williams. The touchdown mm-hmm. was a good run. I mean, obviously there was an emphasis placed on the uh, the passing game in this. In this yeah, game. obviously, because I mean nobody even ran the ball that way. You got Williams with forty three, but he had ten carries. Right. Um, so I mean that averages four point three yards of carry. Well, uh, they have it at four point one. I don't know how that works, but uh, <laughs> four point three yards of carry. Uh, but uh, Martin uh, and Taylor Taylor Martin had five for seventeen. Uh, there just wasn't a lot of carries. I mean, to, combined, I think you had 25 between a lot of backs. Right. So, uh, Bender, oh, I see Bender on here. Bender had three, um, you know, for no for no yards, it looks like. So, um, you know, it wasn't an emphasis. Uh, but as far as you could, as far as you think, do you, do you think that's kind of going to be the story going forward? Kind of more they're a pass, pass-heavy team. Well, with, with Meacham being the, the coordinator, probably so. I think they would like to see the running game, you know, the running backs obviously be more involved. Mm-hmm. I have to say this before I forget about it because I have to do this justice. Chase Harrell had probably the catch of the day yesterday. Oh, it was amazing. And not very many people I saw it. I saw it. Oh, it was beautiful. You will. It'll be on SportsCenter. The guy made his uh, best Odell Beckham Jr. It was amazing. Yeah, one-handed grab in the end zone for the touchdown. Oh, it was a touchdown too? Okay. Yeah, so he's a bigger guy, but that was it was just an incredible catch. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll look for that. I didn't see it, so – um, you know, and that's something I was wanting to play some of the highlights on these, but, uh, you know, with us covering 10 teams, it's just, it's, there's not enough time to go back and do all that right now. Uh, so defensively, uh, you know, obviously, um, well, I Joe did terrible, he... I guess, but what, what was your opinions on that? Um, I'll say Southeastern Missouri was not very good. Yeah. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Joe Deneen with 15 tackles, that's all you want to see coming off an injury last year. Uh, Mike Lee was good. The defensive backs were more solid. Uh, it's just it's really hard to take anything away from this. Did game you see anything from the defensive line? I mean, is there anything you could get happy about? Because I tell me that what didn't we feel like? Correct me if I'm wrong. That was kind of their question on defense was how good was the defensive line going to be? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we felt that the the starting group was good, which they were. It's mm-hmm. the it's they like a lot no of the depth. other Big Twelve yeah. teams is the depth. Mm-hmm. But so again. There's not really a lot you can take away from this game defensively, in my opinion. And that, and that's kind of the story of this week. That's why we're not going to be able to dive too far into these games. I mean, you could do a lot of this, but it's going to always be with the asterisk. Well, they were playing Southeast Missouri. So, I mean, you know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. get into that whole back and forth on a lot of this stuff. Um, going forward, uh, you know, what do you feel like they do really well? Uh, pass the ball. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Oh, and, and not really turn the ball over. Even when, the, when they were playing down to competition last year, we thought that the offense just had a habit of tripping over its own feet. Mm-hmm. To me, that was a, a key thing in this game. I think they had one – I know Bender, I believe, had one interception. But to take care of the ball, you move the ball effectively, and you come out with a win. That's mm-hmm. all we wanted from Kansas. Yeah. So to go out and win the game that you're supposed to, 
that's what they had to do. They did what they had to do. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, my big takeaway is just that they came away with the win in a game they were supposed to win. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, okay. Uh, with that, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to ask you one other thing. What do you feel like they need to work on the most? Uh, I would say running the ball. Running if the you're ball. if you're not running the ball effectively against Southeastern Missouri, there's definitely a problem. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, okay, moving forward, we're going to go to the next one here, Central Arkansas and Kansas State. This was another one that <laughs> it's just really hard to get excited about uh, anything that went down. But it was a win for Kansas State. They got them a win, 59, 55 points each time. KSU scores 55 points. I feel like it's a good day for them. Uh, they're not exactly known to be a, a, an offensive juggernaut traditionally. So, um, you know, is there any takes from this game? Uh, I think, well, Colin, didn't you say you get that? Or was it you, I, watched, you know, I watched part of it. Okay. Uh, the hot take for me is that Jesse Ertz is apparently a Heisman contender at throwing the ball down. <laughs> really? <laughs> he was dropping bombs all over the field. Man. <laughs> That's good to hear for them because, uh, again, I, to me, my big question for them uh, going into the year was can they answer these teams with a pass game because that's what's going to happen. I mean, you go to the people that have torched them lately, especially Oklahoma, it's just been we're going to put athletes out here, beat you in space, and score a lot of points, and Kansas State hadn't been able to match. Um, so that's something that, you know. Now, that said, was he, as far as you can tell, hitting these passes spot on, or was it just because they couldn't run with the receivers? You know, they, they a couple of the big plays happened before I turned the game on. The problem was – let me go on my rant here. ESPN3 sucks. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that and throw that out there. The Kansas game was very spotty. I had the uh, K-State game on in the background, and I was kind of watching it when I was trying to get the Kansas game to come on, and it was it was very hard to, to get it. But, I mean, some of it's definitely going to be the receivers. They're obviously really good. Yeah. As far – especially when you're going up against Central Arkansas. But there was definitely an improvement in his passing. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you go 10 of 16 for 330 yards, you're – yeah, you're having a good day. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, one thing that uh, surprises is they gave up so many rush yards. Yeah, Kansas they State, definitely mentioned you, that. You know, I mean, they gave up 257 rushing yards, mm-hmm. which I mean, they did it on 55 carries too. So that's, I mean, they, they, also they, gave, they also gave 28 first downs. Yeah, so I mean, to me, to me, that's a lot of touches for running backs to get it 55 times. But mm-hmm. I mean, still, for Kansas State, you would think against Central Arkansas, they'd be able to control that line of scrimmage a little bit better and not give up 257 yards rushing. That 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 to me was kind of surprising stat of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Ertz. He only, you know, he only threw uh, 16 passes, completed 10 of them, 333 yards. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he he was throwing bombs, that's for sure. So I mean, but I, that to me is a big surprise. I just expected with with you know Bill Snyder team, you know, they always tackle well and they're where they're supposed to be. So I was kind of shocked they gave up that many rushing yards. Mm-hmm. That's usually something you don't see. I'm trying to pull up this tweet. Snyder came out with a, one of his great all-time tweet or messages after the game. It was something about he was going to have the defense out practicing at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> until they until yeah. they got that result. So I mean, obviously, there's going to be an emphasis on on stopping the run, which I mean, doesn't usually happen with a Bill Snyder coach team. Well, the right. thing you know, you know, and our guy Jake, um, who really is tuned, he's in tune well with Kansas State. He was talking about. You know, he he wasn't as high on his defense as everybody. You know, everybody's been talking about the, you know, Kansas State's really good this year and they're going to do well in the Big 12. And he's been one of the few that I've said, hey, you know, we need to tap the brakes on this a little bit. This defense had some losses. So um, the thing that's hard to tell in a game like this is how hyped they were ready to play. You know what I mean? Like how in tune were they for this game? Um, you know, they, they don't really play a good opponent until Vanderbilt, which is two weeks from now. Um, you know, and, and and I'm not giving them excuses. I honestly don't know. I wasn't in there in the locker room. Didn't get to watch the game because I was busy watching some of the other ones while y'all were watching these. Uh, and it just, you know, it, that's one thing I want to know because 
to me, it's really hard to imagine a, a situation where a Bill Snyder team does this, gives up this to this kind of team running the ball, um, even with the losses. I mean, I know they had losses at all three levels that hurt them. Uh, it wasn't just a linebacker thing or a secondary thing or, or, you know, they lost key guys, some of their biggest stat guys at all three levels and leaders. So, and not that that can't be remedied, not that they can't fix it if there is issues, but it's definitely something to watch going forward. Um, you know, obviously, so as far as you can tell, Kendall Cullen, whoever, um, you feel like offensively they, they should be okay for the year pretty much. Yeah, I think they're good to go. Uh my main question coming into the game was how effectively could Ertz pass the ball, and if he has the ability to complete big plays like this, it takes just adds another dimension mm-hmm. to that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to touch on is DJ Reed was amazing yesterday. Yes, you no, know, he's an All American on a lot of a lot of different publications or whatever you want to say, but mm-hmm. he had the uh, the big punt return for a touchdown, which amazed me that they would kick the ball to him, but. You had that, and then he came down with an interception. So, yeah, I mean, looks like he's good to go for this season. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, defensively, it sounds like they do have some things they need to put together and work on. But, again, I don't want to put too much into any of these judgments, guys. No, it's, no it's, definitely. Um, still early. There's still things people can work on. It's non-con and against a team that, you know, a lot of people didn't even know existed probably before well, this weekend. So. And if there's one coach that's going to, like, fix detail-type stuff, it's – it's mm-hmm. Bill Snyder. I mean, yep. that you know that. So that's a positive thing. Yep. So I don't want to take too much else away from it, but I did want to highlight what they did well. Uh, you talked about Ertz, 333 yards, four TDs. He was only sacked one time. So, again, I know they're playing Central Arkansas, but that's a good thing. Uh, Could we talk about maybe the uh, – the, I guess a concern looking at the stats here is the running game for them wasn't – Yeah. I mean, 31 attempts for 194 yards. That's mm-hmm. – a good day for a lot of teams, but not a Kansas State not team. Not a Kansas State team, no, especially, especially a team that they can run over. Well, and with the Alex Barnes having the hype that he did coming in this year, nine for 32 yards. Let me ask you this, though. How much of this do you feel like is possibly them knowing that they need to have a good passing game and wondering if they do, and that's what they focused on in this game? I'm kind of looking at the stats. I'm kind of wondering, you know, this is one of those games where it's not even really ever in doubt, so do you really – ever focus on anything mm. well i just I mean, wonder for, like they know they know that they're going to be able to get away with things in this game and if the one thing that they need to really focus on was probably the passing game for them because it's something that they've always needed to do better uh is that kind of where they they put their attention you feel like no i don't think so i mean you could say that but he only had 16 attempts on passing the ball so it's not like they really put very much focus on it and how many attempts did they have running the ball uh, 31 okay so they did run the ball kind of heavy yeah that is a little bit worrisome yeah, I mean, the the lead rusher had 49 yards. Now, granted, a lot of guys touched the ball, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed, Pringle, maybe this game – I, I, I guess, was a reverse or something. I kind of had the feeling that this game may have got out of hand early and it kind of backed off. Mm-hmm. And that, that very well could have happened. I mean, but the only thing that I've noticed about that, you said that Arch is the only quarterback that played the game. Right. Or he's the only one that threw a pass anyway. I don't see anything else uh, suggesting another one played the game. No. So, um, you know, so yeah, that's that's something. You know, as much as they may have backed it off, they dang sure didn't pull the starter. Right. So you know, we'll see about that. I don't know. Um, again, it's it's just too much. This is too soft of a team for us to really break down anything consistently. Yeah. Uh, all is well in Manhattan. They're ranked in the top twenty in the country. They'll probably go up a spot or two after some losses this weekend, and you know, we'll see what happens. So, yeah. uh, anything else we want to mention on that before we? No, I mean, they, they took care of businesses, which is all you could ask of at this point in the season. As far as wrapping it up, their focal points, run the ball better. Yeah, I mean. Uh, stop the run better. You'd like to see a little bit more success on the running game, especially when you're you're coming in as hyped as you are like Alex Barnes was. 
mm-hmm. but I don't think it's any. I don't think it's going to be a struggle long term or anything. Uh, I just got a. Well, you got, you said that, but uh, ESPN just posted this. Uh, Jermichael Hasty out for four weeks. Right. So I don't know if they just acted like this is new information. I don't know. Well, I think it, it just leaked out on Twitter from some of the oh, people okay. yesterday. Okay. So okay. we actually did our research. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike ESPN. Unlike ESPN, yeah, especially on the Big Twelve. So hey, we knew something before ESPN. I like it. Well, we knew so, uh, that said we know something about this too, but we can't say yet. Kansas State. Uh, or we didn't clear to find out if we were allowed to mention that, yeah. were we? Okay. Uh, well, hopefully you guys will find out the injury update. Kendall, do you, you look lost. Do you not know what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, okay. sorry about <laughs> Okay, all right. I was just checking. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully you guys will get that injury update here pretty soon. I can't say anything else about it. Yeah, we have that before ESPN, too. Um, so, Jackson State, TCU. Moving along to that one. Now, this one, to me, um, I think it's fair to say was probably the weakest opponent of the weekend. I the only yeah. only thing that holds me hesitant to that is I don't know I didn't get to see you and I I didn't get to see Central Arkansas or whatever but um, this is definitely in that ilk I feel like you and I is probably better than Jackson State. Seems uh, they're yeah. like a high school team, man. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I it, it looked bad pretty say, bad. It, yeah, I, this is probably the worst opponent of the weekend in the Big Twelve. I think it's fair to say they had seven um, first downs the entire game. Yeah, at TCU did everything they should have done to them and more. Um, that's exactly what you want if you're a – I mean, 63 points, that means nine touchdowns, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, they, I didn't look at the they, stores. So, I mean, they didn't have any kind of resistance. They had seven first downs, but two of them were by penalty. <laughs> so, I mean – And uh, TCU has more touchdowns than they had first downs. So, that kind of tells you that um, – So, I mean, you know, it's good. You want to do this. If you're a team facing a team that's soft, you obviously want to dominate them. That's good. They, they had a total of 65 yards. Man. That's bad. On 56 plays. That's their grand total? Yes. Like, then that's not rushing no, 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 no. That's total. Jesus 65 Christ. yards on 56 plays. Then, 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 then I'm definitely convinced this is the softest team we've got. 1.2 yards per play. Yeah, that's that's bad. I mean, and I don't take anything away from TCU, but, I mean, this is what you should do to a team this bad. I mean, I, I put it this way. How many teams in the Big 12 do you guys feel like could have done something similar to this to this team? Nine out of ten. <laughs> I don't know if I went quite nine, but yeah, it, it, yeah, I was gonna say at least half, uh, for sure. Um, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, hell, Texas probably could have put up forty on them. Um, so you know, it's 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 the the point of saying that is to say this. I'm glad TCU did what they did. That's great. Um, they look to be right on track and doing really well. Um, you know, for for the guys who picked them higher in our group, good job. For the guys that picked them lower, we'll see. I don't know. Um, you know, they may end up being really good. They may not. This game, just it's hard to take any way away from this game. Um, that said, did either one of you get to watch this, this game? I watched it. I've got it recorded and watched some of it, but I didn't get to finish it. I, I watched pieces of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, because I, I turned it over there. I've got it recorded. I watched most of the game, but as, as it just got hard to watch, man. It, it was just literally like – because here's the thing. When I'm watching these games now that we do this project, I'm looking to learn things to bring to the show. And it's hard to learn when TCU did whatever the hell they wanted to do. Like, you couldn't say, oh, they were weak here. We saw this here. Jackson State didn't put up a fight anywhere, guys. I mean, offensively, defensively, they did nothing. I mean, they're passing. They're they're passing, okay? They they have a receiver that actually finished with negative yards receiving. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry. That's a quarterback throwing. I read that wrong. Quarterback threw for negative yards. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, they had, what, one, two, three, four, five different guys throw the ball for, for Jackson State. How do you do that? Five different quarterbacks threw the ball in that game. Yeah, you might have um, had trick plays. Hayes was, was uh, sacked once. 
Uh, Lyles was sacked three times. They given up given five total. Um, you know, a grand total. There, here's their passing line, guys. Just to give you an idea, seven for fourteen, for one and one and one pick. They threw the ball. They completed seven passes out of fourteen attempts, and they had one pick for a grand total of forty-one yards. Their long was thirty-seven. So all but four yards came on one play, <laughs> passing the ball. So again, guys, I, as much as I don't, I mean, I I, I want to praise TCU for what they did. I just can't do that with this. There's not anything to take from this game other than TCU did, again, what it was supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't really say anything other than that. Well, and the good thing is we'll find out a little bit more about TCU this week when they go and face Arkansas. Yes, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. I was going to say yeah. we, we're not going to really know anything until next week because, um, again, at least half the league could have done this against this team. And, honestly, Kendall may not be wrong about nine of them. Um, you know, there's a few offenses – that wouldn't have been able to put this up, but there's a few defenses that wouldn't have been able to hold them out. But for the most part, I six or seven teams in this league could have done this. So it's hard to take away from it um, the as good, far as where they are. The good thing to me about this game is in a game like this, you can get your young guys in. And mm-hmm. it seems like TCU is probably going to have an emphasis on getting young receivers. They're going to be playing so, some young guys. Yeah, yeah, so this is good a good learning experience. It gets them out in front of the home crowd. You're playing in front of a – a lot of these guys are playing in front of a huge crowd for the first time. So mm-hmm. that's something definitely to take away from the game is you got some guys some experience. Uh, Anderson had a great game. I mean, that was kind of their leading receiver. He had 13 catches, 68 yards. Um, so, or I'm sorry, I ran that wrong. Russ rushing, sorry, I got my my lines crossed. Rushing, Anderson had 13 carries for 68 yards. Um, you know, TDs they had. Let's see, one on the ground all day. Wow, TCU only had one rushing TD. So yeah, it's. Uh, but again, if you looked at the game, it was a passing onslaught. I mean, they threw the ball over the yard, and that, and again, that's something they needed to work on because you need to get Hill as much confidence as possible, get him throwing the ball as well as possible. Um, he was 18 for 23. Uh, he had one pick, which, I mean, that's Hill. He's going to have a pick or two every game. That's part of it. Uh, 206 yards, you know, that's a good day for him at the office. Not terrible, not bad. Four TDs. How does Turpin touch the ball one time? Yeah, I, I know. Might I have just been too. circumstances. I think – actually, I think I may have read something that he was held out potentially due to uh, disciplinary stuff. Oh, okay, I don't okay. know if that's I mean, if that's a case, but I it think – It seems like I heard something about he that. He was okay. referencing that. I mean, it's obviously didn't need him. No, no. I mean, obviously not. But I was just thinking, how do you want to get that ball, the guy, the ball one time? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about the receivers, you know, and the and the talent they've got and the speed they have in the in you know in the review show, a spring review show we did on them. You know, we talked about that. Now, honestly, the guy that I was really excited about, Drs, he didn't have a really great day at the office. He had two catches for twenty yards. I, you know, I really like him as a receiver. I think he could be a weapon for them. Uh, you know, Rager. Looking at the freshman, we talked about the freshman. Rager, uh, one of the more highly sought-after receivers in the country last year, coming out of high school, two catches, 37 yards. That's good for them. White, the guy that I've talked about a lot, you know, I kind of refer to him as a poor man's Turpin. He's really, really scary athletically. Uh, the problem he's had is hanging on to the ball mm-hmm. when it comes down. So, And he had, uh, let's see, two catches for 50 yards. Two uh, he was targeted four times, so he caught half of his passes. So, I mean, you know, that, that's clearly where their talent is, is at the wide receiver group. We've talked about how fast and athletic this group is. Um, we just – our big question with them has been, you know, who's going to be the guy. You know, Turpin Turpin can be the guy, but I, I still look for somebody. I want a big – you know, Rager may do that. Some of their bigger guys than Turpin, stronger guys. You know, you want somebody like that to kind of be the guy, the possession receiver. They don't have that yet. Somebody needs to establish that, in my opinion. Slain is not bad, but – if you guys didn't see uh, Kennedy Snell's catch, touchdown reception, go back and watch that. That, that was yeah. definitely one of the highlights of the weekend, too. The guy 
ran probably 50 yards for a 13-yard reception. <laughs> so it was pretty impressive. I, I had to um, give him credit for that. So trying to, to wrap this up and try to take away what we can from this game, a lot of guys got to play. That's good. Um, you know, Rashawn Robinson, the guy that we talked about with him that could compete for the job with, with Hill. Uh, you know, Jeff was talking about how he was on him as a recruit. Um, I still think even though he massively destroyed his leg this weekend, their next year's recruit oh, will – uh, Did you see that, Colin? Yeah. Oh, God, it was bad. Well, uh, actually, is their future at quarterback if he comes back from Justin Rogers? Yeah, if he comes back from that knee injury, um, you know, <clears throat> is probably their future. But Robinson's not a bad kid by any means either. Good, good, good recruit, good player. So you know, a lot of it. I, again, it, it's you could go crazy with this, and you could be a fanboy like I know some people are that we've seen. Uh, you know, and just oh, this is the greatest thing ever, and da 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 da. Yeah, they did what they're supposed to do. I mean, this is what you should do to a team like this. So. We'll see what happens when they play Arkansas next week. Uh, is there anything – the one thing, if you wanted to knock it, I would like to see a better job rushing the ball. I would like to see more uh, of an established rusher, you know, a guy that goes and carries the team. Now, if they want to do it by committee, fine. But I don't – a lot of these guys that are in the ball, I'm not sure they're going to be able to run the ball against really good teams, not at a higher level, a higher rate. So, we'll see how that goes from there. Hill, I mean, one touch for eight yards. Do you all know what's going on there? No. I don't remember. I didn't find out anything if he was injured or anything. I didn't. Again, I didn't get to finish the game. I was trying to watch three at one at this point. Where is Hicks? Just notice he doesn't have any rushing attempts. Nope, I don't see him either. Nope, that is interesting. So yeah, we'll have to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, we'll have to find out some more information. Again, this was during three games, so I was trying to keep up with this and Tech and another one. So it was hard to focus on just this game, and I and I will today finish them, so I will know more. Uh, as far as going to the preview for next week, but it's just hard when it's you watching, trying to watch three or four games. Well, yeah, then you split so, over thirty-five nothing. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was only ten to nothing two seconds ago. What happened? Yeah, so we'll find out some more on that. I'm not really sure what happened to Hicks on that. I haven't heard anything. Have you seen anything about injuries or anything? Uh-uh. Maybe he was held out for suspension. Yeah, uh, we'll find out. I mean, he'd almost have to be. He didn't touch the ball. How the hell do you do that? There's no way that man doesn't touch the ball unless he, if he's on the field. Period. So they must have held him out. Maybe it was an injury situation or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, he didn't get the start. So we sh- we probably should have had Jerry, our TCU guy, on. He probably could have answered that question for us. I don't know. Well, we only bring them on for big games. Yeah, like I know. I know. Well, that's the problem. You're, that's the problem with non-con. We can only get so detailed because there's ten freaking games to cover. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, this could be a ten-hour show if we wanted it to be, and I can't do. I'm not going to do that. It's insane. So, uh, you know, when it gets to season, we can do. We can bring them on more often. All right. Uh, you know, we'll see what, how that goes from there. Um, again, I'd like to see a little stronger running the ball, effort stronger, stronger effort running the ball with their key guys like Hicks, and, and I would like to see Hill run the ball a little more than that. Uh, one carry is not really good for him. Uh, so, you know, we'll figure that out. Uh, defensively, I mean, you know, guys, I'm not going to – I mean, I could pat him on the back and say, good job, you pitched a shutout. But you can't learn anything from this game. I mean, you can, but I'm very little. Not anything that you can just hang your hat on. Right? Yeah, 26 guys so, make tackles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, that pretty much sums uh, it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you ought to see the stat line if you have it. You ought to go look at it. It's pretty ridiculous. All right, moving on then. We'll move on. Well, good luck with TCU and Arkansas. We'll see how that goes. Uh, it's a big one for the Big 12. Yeah, it really is. I'm hoping they win it. Um, Eastern Washington, Texas Tech. Uh, this game here was kind of a you know a game that some people had their eye on because Eastern Washington is an FCS team, but they are a top-ranked FCS team. Uh, they're one of the five best in the country under most people's opinion. Uh, they do move the ball pretty well offensively. So a lot of people had this on Tech because you now start the Tech area. Tech, after the Mahomes era, uh, you have a lot of uh, eyes on Kingsbury, 
you know, what's he going to do differently? A lot of people are saying he's going to be more involved in the defense this year. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of storylines going into this game, things you want to watch for the opening week. Um, I'm not sure how much of this you guys get to see. You know, I watched a good bit of it. Uh, you know, as far as <clears throat> what can we take away from it, I, you know, Colin, you talked about offensively you were somewhat surprised in what they – or you were surprised at how much success they had. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you look at Shemenik's numbers. He had four incompletions on 30 attempts for 380 yards. Mm-hmm. To me, it just looks like they're just – it's the next tech, tech offense. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you lose the the ability that uh, Mahomes had to factor, create yeah. stuff. Yeah, if, if there's something happens, I don't think they still have that. However, this looks like you're going back to, like, B.J. Simmons and, mm-hmm. and those type of quarterbacks where it's highly effective and you have Harold. good receivers – yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of surprised with how effective the receivers were. Um, maybe I shouldn't be, but from what I saw, uh, is it QT? Mm-hmm. He was really good. I mean, yep. I saw one where yeah, he, he had got a big play. Yeah, he got lit, and then he just bounced off the guy and takes it to the house. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that, if you can keep that up, and I uh, granted it's a against an FCS opponent, but still, it's a good one. Yeah, and, and the thing is, defensively, if there was a knock on Eastern Washington, it was probably defensively. They were a little soft there. I mean, they were obviously their strength was offensively. They had playmakers they could put them in space and do well. And, and you know, and I know a lot of people were like, well, because I had mentioned something about Tech should be happy with their defensive performance in this game. I think it should. People were like, well, it's FCS. I know, I get that, guys, but this is Tech. Look at it from their point of view. I mean, they only give This up. has traditionally been the worst defense in the league for what? Since we started this league? I mean, has there been a worse defense for the, the whole 20-year stretch than this team? No, I don't think so. Well, and they only gave up 2.2 yards rushing per play. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I mean that's, that's that's great for them. Yeah, 36 rushes, they gave up 2.2 yards. That's that's a vast improvement from last year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they have to continue to build on that, but that's a vast improvement for what it was last year. They only gave up 19 first downs, which I know that sounds like a lot to some people, but for them that's not. I mean, they give up a lot of first downs traditionally. You go look at some of those teams – um, stat lines in the past, they give up a bunch of first downs because people just completely just nickel and dime them to death. Um, so that's something that 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 they can build on there. Um, you know, with this bad again, you don't want to go too much overboard with some of this stuff. But again, as bad as they've been defensively, especially last year, I feel like there were some things, some positives there for them we could take away. Um, offensively, you talked about Shimanick. You know, their receivers looked good. The running game, and I'm trying to find his name. There was a running back that they had that I don't remember seeing on uh, – I don't remember us talking much about. And I meant to write his name down. I forget. It was like Nisman. Nisby. Nisby. Nisby, yes. Uh, that dude, there he is, Desmond, Desmond Nisby. I said Nisman. Desmond Nisby. Uh, you know, six six carries, 57 yards – or 57 – yeah, 57 yards. Uh, is, oh, wait. Oh, netted 57. Am I reading that right? He yeah. netted 57. Oh, okay. I read that right. Okay. Uh, his long was 20 yards, and he averaged nine and a half yards to carry, guys. That's good. Uh, good for them. Again, Stockton had a good day too. It's a week. They're a week at running the ball, so that's positive for them. That's that means they they have guys that can do it. So now we need to see how they do against the better teams. But it's something they can build on. That's what I wanted to focus on for them offensively. Well, and they had big news a couple of weeks ago with Ward coming back too. Mm-hmm. So they're getting their, they'll have the full complement of running backs here shortly. Yep. Uh, that's that's to me keep the eye. You guys remember because I was the one that had to cover them. Um, me talking about later in the year, Stockton, them, how they were start, starting to show an effort to run the ball. I don't know if you guys remember us discussing mm-hmm. that or not, but there, that was what – because before it wasn't. It was, we're going to put this thing on Mahomes' shoulders and he can do whatever you want. They started showing that effort to run the ball, um, and I wanted to see that. That's the first and foremost one I wanted to see with them carrying over into this year. Um, you know, they did that today or this weekend. We'll see how they stick with it. But 
I mean, 40, 40, 40 rushing attempts, guys, that's great for Texas Tech. And only throwing 35 times? Yes. I mean, that's that's what they need to do, um, especially not having a Mahomes because you've got to balance the system out some more if you're not going to have a Superman that can run around and bail you out. You need to shorten these games. How many games have we seen Tech burn it late? They lost it late. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, they, they did the shootout thing. They were right there in it. The last half of the fourth quarter, they flame out. If they can start shortening some of these games, they're going to win games. That's good for them. I, I'm pleasantly surprised with Tech. Um, maybe – I'd have to really think about this hard. Maybe more surprised with them pleasantly than anybody else this weekend. I can't think of – I'm trying to think of anybody else. Um, I mean, I can't say anybody else stunned me uh, in a good way more than Tech did. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. You know, they, they did some things really well. And, again, I know the opponent will have to see going forward how they, they play – uh, who is their next opponent? Does anybody know off the top of their head? I can get it real quick. Because I'm curious to see. I'm trying to remember their non-con off the top of my head. I can't it's remember. Arizona State, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it is Arizona State. They yes. have a bye this coming week, and then they play Arizona State. Okay, guys. The guys who remember that game last year, that, track meet. that one set offense back 40 years. Uh, the only one worse was, that was the OU game, which set it back about 100 years. Our defense, I mean, uh, back about 100 years. So that's something to watch. See how they do defensively in that game. They need to continue to stick. Now, this game should be in Lubbock this year. Cause it they is. Okay, so they went to Arizona State last year. Um, so, you know, that's something that we need to focus on, and do they continue running the ball? That's what I want to see because this this is a good sign for me. I don't care. They don't – they didn't – the reason why, they didn't do this against people in the past, even if they could whip them. Right. Even if they could beat the crap out of an Eastern Washington or whatever. They did not show an effort to run the ball. They did that today. And that's probably why their defensive numbers look better too. I mean, if, you're, if they're not on the field as much – you're shortening the game on offense by running the ball. Mm-hmm. It's only got to help your defense. Get a little mm-hmm. bit extra breather, get some extra water before you got to go back out there. So, I mean, they, they work hand-to-hand together. Mm-hmm. they got to find a balance. They have never had balance before. Nope. Uh, I still think, you know, ultimately they're probably in the bottom half of the league. We'll see how that finishes. I don't know. But as far as um, are they just going to be atrocious, I, not if they can stick to this plan. Um, I think it gets to the point where Shimanek is not Mahomes. And what I mean by that is – if you force him to be the, that kind of guy, I don't think he can be. Much like we talk about Kenny Hill. You force Kenny Hill to be Superman, he's going to fail you. He's going to make mistakes. If you let him work inside the system because you took care of the ball offensively as far as running it and you didn't have turnovers and you did your thing defensively, he can win you games. Same thing with Shimanek, I believe. Um, you know, Shimanek can do that, if you, and you just can't get too far away from it. So this, this run game is encouraging to me. That's one thing I really wanted to focus on with him as far as that goes. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to bring up about Tech? Yeah. Again, kind of a soft opponent, and only so much we can do with it. Um, that brings us to the last game of the weekend here. Yeah, you forgot Oklahoma. Oh, I didn't have him pulled up that. here. Did I skip over? <laughs> you did, which is fine with us, but I know it's fine with y'all. Where did I skip over? Man? Shocking development on the Big Twelve Country Podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't click the Corey right tab. For, Corey well, forgets Oklahoma review. <laughs> the tabs, the tabs aren't labeled, so I I must have just overclicked it wrong. We'll move them over here. We'll do. We'll go to them now, uh, in front of West Virginia. Um, okay, uh, moving over to Oklahoma real quick. Uh, Oklahoma and UTEP. I don't know how the heck I did that. Um, you know, with them, I don't know. How much did you guys get to watch? Was this the game at the same time? as? No, it wasn't the same time. You watched this game? Well, I watched the first half, and then I yeah, was that's tur- what I, I turned it. Yeah, I, I mean, unless you made it through the first half. Um, the, and you didn't miss much of the second half. I mean, yeah. it was it was just kind of business as usual going there from there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, you know, what they did well, I'll, I'll let you guys comment on that. If you want me to back up some of it, I can. Just, you know, Colin, what you, what you first of all, that they did well? That I'll say the, the thing that stood out to me was how good the receivers caught the ball. Obviously, when you have one incompletion in the first half, 
it's not only the quarterback now. Right. Mayfield was putting it on the money every time, but those guys were catching it, and they there were there were some tough catches too. It wasn't like each one was easy, and even the incompletion was on what I thought was a blatant pass interference call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, it was like Corey said, it was business as usual with that. That was one of my question marks going into the season. I knew they'd be. You know, they have receivers. I didn't think they would be just covered with bare, but I think they have some playmakers out there. Obviously, Andrews is going to be just a, a terror for everybody across the league this year. Yes, yes. If you watched him. And then, obviously, you have uh, Calcaterra had his first catch for a touchdown. He's going to be the next Andrews, in my opinion. And I, I'm kind of wondering if, <clears throat> to somewhat, that's a setup for Ohio State as how much they focused on Andrews. Because I think now Urban Meyer's going to grab this tape and the first thing they're going to do is try to take away Mark Andrews. Oh, now, you have to. Whether or not they can, I don't know. But I think to some degree, I don't I don't, I don't, want to give them too much credit and say this was totally by plan, but I kind of am curious if they know they can throw the ball to more people and they just wanted to put Andrews on display and say, here, take this guy away because that will give us a chance to throw to other people. Because if you're, tape, you're watching that, you're Ohio State, that's clearly the, your number one job right yes. now on, on offense is to take away Mark Andrews. There's not anything more important. To me, if you're Ohio State, and they have good athletes, they have really great athletes. They've recruited well, recruited better than Oklahoma. Um, they've got big, long linebackers and and guys that we'll see, but can try to run with Andrews better than UTEP did. Obviously, um, UTEP didn't have anybody that could even come remotely stay with him. So no. And he, I mean, he embarrassed him a lot of times too. He caught the ball. That one guy stiff armed over in the middle of the field. I, I know, that guy's probably still picking up his teeth. Um, you know, just he he dominated. Um, Baker did whatever he wanted. Obviously, looked calm, collected. That was good. And I will agree. Uh, you know, I tried to mention, and you know, maybe not to enough of a degree, this receiver group is deeper than what they've had as far as more guys can play and catch the ball. Um, there's not a whole bunch of D.D. Westbrook's running around. That's well, not I, mean, but I think that'll actually be a be beneficial to to OU is not having D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, if you don't have a guy that he's going to focus on every time, because mm-hmm. all these guys. I mean, you look at the numbers. Outside of Andrews, everybody else was right at four, three, two receptions. So, mm-hmm. obviously, spread the ball around really well. Yeah. That's one thing I liked, um, running the ball. Um, again, I still don't know that. I, going off yesterday, Abdul Adams impressed me more than anybody. I feel like he was the best one of the group. I was though. Although, that said, I was really impressed with Trey Sermon. Uh, I think, you know, again, he's only a freshman. He's a true freshman. Uh, so, you know, he's going to have some things he's going to have to develop and learn to get better, but I was impressed with him yeah. and Sutton, obviously. Well, I, I expected more out of, uh, out of Anderson, Roddy Anderson. I did too. I, yeah. I, I, he didn't he, really get the opportunities. No, didn't. he didn't, but I just I just expected him. I, I kind of thought he was a better running back that going in. I mean, last couple of years he's had injury problems, but mm-hmm. I just thought his talent-wise it, it was starting to show because he's finally getting the chance to really get plugged in there. So yeah. I, I was disappointed in him, actually. Yeah, I, especially with his hype recruiting. Um, you know, he was one of the five best recruiting or running backs in the country when he came out of high school. Um, you know, it really kind of that upper ilk four-star recruit. Um, some people almost had him at five-star. So, I mean, he, he was pretty good. Um, and, you know, and to me it's hard to know with him, you know, how much has he lost a step with all these injuries? I don't know. Right. I mean, he's he just working back in the games. Yeah, he's, he's figuring that out. And and the, the lack of, of, of trying to use him by Oklahoma is one thing I'm kind of concerned about. That makes me think that maybe he's not ready uh, in whatever shape that or shape or form, whether it's physically, mentally, whatever that is. Uh, but when you go through what that guy's gone through, man, it's – it's. I mean, honestly, to be back like he is is impressive enough. I mean, oh, a ne- right. serious neck injury and then the leg injury at Tennessee, uh, you know, two years ago. So – you know, we'll we'll see how, how he performs, but yeah, he, I mean, he had he had the touchdown. He did have the first touchdown of the day. Uh, they gave him the ball in close, so you know, we'll see how that goes from there. 
Um, as far as you know, some things they did that maybe surprised me. I don't know if it surprised me, but I was happy. I was happy, we'll put it that way, to see that they did use Flowers a little bit in the running game, Dimitri Flowers, because um, that was one thing I did think. You're going to see, I think, a more true committee from Oklahoma this year, and I mean like four or five guys. I just think you're going to see that all year. I don't know that you're ever going to get to, unless a couple guys just prove they can't carry the, the water when it comes to, you know, playing the Ohio States of the world. Now, for most of the Big 12, I feel like you're going to see this every weekend. You're going to see uh, a huge group of backs. Now, you may not see Najee Bassoon. Uh, that's getting way down in the depth chart when you get to Bassoon. But, um, you know, some of that. So, we'll, we'll figure out how that goes with them. Um, you know, again, this is another opponent that was just severely outmatched. It's hard to put too much into it. Um, uh, as, uh, as someone who follows Oklahoma, were you at all concerned with Kenneth Murray's play at middle linebacker? No, because – I felt like what UTEP did, they took him a lot out of – they took – they didn't – like a lot of things they did weren't at him. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the – it was a lot of outside passing. It wasn't a lot of runs at him. Uh, he finished with two tackles on the day. I thought he did well. From what I could watch of him, you know, again, it, I'm going to need to go back and watch the game now that I'm not watching it live. Mm -hmm. um, but from what I saw of it, it seemed like he was where he was supposed to be a lot of times. He was kind of an energetic leader of the defense as far as that goes. He wasn't shying away from the moment. Wasn't pretending to be, you know, just a, sh a scared freshman. <clears throat> so, I, to me, that's t TBD because I, I want to see that more. Now, this weekend, we'll really get to find out what he's made of. Right. But as far as he was taken out of a lot of situations because UTEP just didn't do a lot out of him. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot he could do. They played it on the edges a lot more. From what I remember of the game, the UTEP quarterback was basically running for his life from the snap to, <laughs> to like get it out of his hand as fast as possible. There somebody. was a lot of that. That's um, <laughs> And, again, that's hard to really put too much into it, but I was, I was, I will say, positive. I was impressed with the defensive line. They, they did um, – some of these younger guys that we've been waiting on are starting to mature and get better. Uh, the Overtons of the world, those kind of guys. Gallimore, who we've said for is a beast athletically, he's coming along. Um, you know, so that that was one thing that was good for me. Um, as far as bad goes, I mean, I, it's hard for me really to find anything too bad with this group. I would have liked to have seen. I mean, ideally, I wish we had a running back that just dominated. We don't. I don't think that there is one on this group. Um, I think Sermon could be eventually one day, possibly. Um, you know, but we'll see. Um, nobody just absolutely. I mean, there's there's clearly not a Joe Mixon or a P Ryan on this group. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got four or five guys, but you can win with that. You can win with four or five really good running backs. And I think all these guys are good. They're solid. They all bring different things to the table. Uh, to me, Adams was the clear winner of the day as far as what he did. Uh, he was a little more impressive to me. Well, and it's, to be honest, you kind of go back to the Oklahoma State game or how they were early in the season last year. It's hard for running backs to really build up any kind of consistency when they only get five, six carries. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you give Sermon, you know, fifteen to twenty carries, or yeah. or Adams fifteen to twenty carries, they they go in and they're almost like P Ryan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, P Ryan was a definite of that. You could right. not you could not hit and miss P Ryan and expect him. Keith Ford was the same way. You could not just hit and miss uh, and, and expect him to have a good day. He just didn't. It right. had to be somebody you. So you know maybe. Um, I, you know, honestly, ideally, I would like to see this get trimmed down to about two or three that yeah. we use all the time. And that's probably what they will uh, do as you kind of yeah. move into the season. And I, and honestly, I, I believe Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, when he said, we don't know who our best running back is yet. I believe in camp, the way it is now, you don't really go good against good all the time as far as like full blown practice, you know, like they used to in the old days, like you're basically doing a, a scrimmage, live scrimmage. You don't do a lot of that anymore. There's not a lot of heavy contact. It's hard for a running back, you know, to know how he's going to do. 
he's not having to face whole, you know hits and all these kind of things. So, you know, we'll see going forward. But, you know, I feel like they've got guys they can win with. We'll put it that way. Right. So, um, you know, negatively, there wasn't a whole lot negatively I took away. Uh, passing defense, um, I thought the secondary looked pretty good. The, the injury, you know, is a little bit concerning to – which I still haven't seen an update on him to uh, – oh, I'm losing his name. That's what I get for trying to go – Jordan Parker? Parker, yes. I haven't seen an update on him, have you? Mm-mm. I haven't heard anything yet. It didn't look good because he, when he came off the field, he had no, you know, he's putting no weight on his leg. Mm-hmm. When you see that, that's that's usually not a good sign. And this is normally Riley's press conference day. I don't know if he's doing it today or not. My TV will record. I would say probably not. I wouldn't think so either. But he um, today it'll be recording right now if he is because he's it's noon. Um, so um, you know, I, I I don't know. We'll see any updates on that. We'll figure out. You know, it's just we'll see with Ohio State. We're gonna learn a lot about them Friday mm-hmm. or Saturday. So. Until then, I mean, they did a lot of things well. I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of things. Uh, the freshman played well. C.D. Lamb uh, looked good as a receiver. A lot of guys caught the ball, and we'll see what they do next week with it. That's about all I can really say. Uh, Calcaterra, we'll, I forgot to mention him. was really impressed with him uh, as a freshman. He's definitely ready to play. So they've got some freshmen that are better, ready to go. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention with them? Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving on to West Virginia. Uh, the game last night. Uh, I know we haven't had near as much time to process this one, but it's, it is the freshest on our mind, which is probably a good thing. Um, you know, starting with uh, Colin, I guess, on this one, just your takes away from this game last night. I'll be honest. With my initial impression of Greer was that I wasn't too impressed with him, and I, I sent a message to the guys early in the game. That being said, he changed my mind <laughs> with the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he was bombing away. I thought he looked good. Uh, definitely his ability to run the football will be a strength going into conference play and everything. I was, you know, surprised that some of the receivers stepped up. There were definitely some drops in, in key situations. I mean, obviously you look back at the basically the game-ending play when – was it Seals yes. that, mm-hmm. that missed the ball in the end mm-hmm. zone? I mean, that was a tough play, but one you, you'd have to make to, to win it. But, I mean, really the – the takeaway for me is you got to wonder what they're going to do with the play calling. When when we spend the entire offseason talking about how West Virginia has the probably the best running back group in the, con- in the conference and they get basically no carries in the second half in a one-touchdown game, that, that blows my mind. Did you – as far as that said, how bad did you – Okay, as far as it's shocking you, as far as the running game goes, were you really that surprised with after what we said about Spavital? No, but you would think with uh, Holgerson being there, knowing what he had, and, you know, he's always been a guy that even though where he came from, he still, uh, I think, strives for some type of balance between mm-hmm. the run and the pass to go completely away and just basically, you know, towards the end there, it seemed to me like Greer was just throwing prayers up. Yeah, and, and tomorrow night me and you are going to go on with the guys up in West Virginia and talk about – uh, some things for a little bit. And then one thing I want to ask them is, did they see Holgerson kind of jerking that chain on him and saying, hey, you know, we need to put more of a focus on this or are they going to let him go? Because, you know, and I remember when Lincoln Riley came in to Oklahoma as a similar type guy, people were worried, is he going to run the ball? Is he going to run the ball? He's got these really good backs, the same type of situation. Um, and, and Bob kind of gave him a chance to kind of figure that out and learn that. I wonder if that's something that they're going to do. Is he going to just say, okay, we'll give you four or five games to kind of figure this thing out and you learn how to use these backs in your system or, you know, I'm telling you, man, the, the lack of discrepancy, at least Riley showed some of an effort to try to do it. I did not get the impression that Spavitol wanted to run the ball hardly at all last night. Mm-hmm. Um, it cost him the game. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, how many, they shortened the game, they shortened the possessions, they probably get away with the win here. 
Um, you know, uh, Kendall, just your thoughts on the game. Anything else you want to add to that? Well, I mean, to me, that was the biggest thing. I mean, whenever – I think it was like the very first play or second play of the, of the second half, and, and Crawford gets the ball, and uh, the announcer says, yeah, Crawford was averaging 8.5 yards a carry in the first half. Uh, and I was thinking, keep feeding the ball, and they, they didn't. I mean, it was just kind of like common sense thing tells you if he's getting eight yards a carry, you keep giving the man the ball. Mm-hmm. And so, that, I mean, that, that was the biggest thing to me was – I'm all about throwing the ball. You know, Greer, I thought, played really well, especially, you know, uh, second quarter on. I thought he played really well. But, I mean, give the man some help. Yeah. Make it easier on him. I mean, it's easier to throw a pass whenever you're, you're also got the threat of you running eight yards of play on, on you know, from the running back. So, mm-hmm. to me, I, I just thought it was bad play calling during the second half. They could have they could have shortened the game up and they could have done more damage, especially with Virginia Tech's guys falling like flies. I mean – there were so many cramps in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, more than I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. It seemed like every play there was someone, you know, locking up. Yeah. So, I mean, they could, to me, they could have really used that to their advantage and beat them up a little bit more to take advantage of, but they, they didn't do it. And that's mm-hmm. what that was the biggest takeaway for me was Spavinall, you're going to have to lean on the run a little bit more. You got, you got some talented guys there that can help you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, my concern for them was that um, how did you guys feel? You know, it was hard to really take much away from the running game, but do you feel like the little bit we saw, the backs are as good as advertised? Yeah. yeah well, I think they were as good as advertised. Yeah, their patience in the backfield, to me, was oppressive. I mean, they get the ball, they would slow down, slide over, pick the hole, and take off again. I mean, that that's a sign of a really good running back to have mm-hmm. that vision because a lot of running backs would just run right in the middle of the back someone's back. But mm-hmm. they, they were very patient. And that's that's the thing that gets me is, like, when you see the guy run, you're like, man, this kid's talented. Like Crawford, I was watching him run, he's like, this kid is – not very many people run like he does. Mm-hmm. How do you not give him the ball? No, no, definitely. Um, okay, I, again, this is the game where, you know, we talk about we don't want to overreact to things. It's week one. But this is a good opponent. You know, they're a great – they're I don't know, they're a great opponent, but they're, they're a good opponent. They're equal with West Virginia, unlike the JMUs or whatever of the world. Um, so, with that said, without, you know, just absolutely throwing them off a cliff, what really worries you about this team after what we saw? Mm, well, one thing would be stopping the quarterback run. Mm-hmm. They 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 looked at times, you know, they would do that read option and leave the open the field. It would just look like a floodgate open, and then mm-hmm. he he wouldn't get touched for twelve yards. And you know, to me, that that's something that has to be shored up uh, in this offense. I mean, as far as defensive wise, I mean, they they played they played pretty good football. They just made to me the coaching staff didn't give them the full advantage to win. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the biggest takeaway. I, I felt like the players played hard. They gave everything they had. It just some of the play calling to me hurt them, especially in that second half. Yeah. So, you know, he, my takeaway from it was basically uh, just like you guys, I was just I was just screaming at the TV run the ball, first of all. I mean, they, they, had, they hadn't even tried to keep West Virginia honest with it. I mean, Virginia Tech honest with it. It wasn't even an attempt, in my opinion. Uh, West Virginia knew – or Virginia Tech knew, sorry, two Virginians. Virginia Tech knew that they were going to be pass heavy. I think going by the time they gotten late in the game and knew what they needed to do to stop them, and you just you can't do that. You're not going to win this league. We've talked about it again. The few things you got to do to win this Big Twelve, you got to have good quarterback play. You got to play some semblance of defense. It's got to be pretty, you know, at least you just can't kill yourself with it. Um, and you've got to be able to run the ball. You've got to. You cannot win this league. Ask Tech. You cannot win this league being pass heavy. And that's what I was reminded of with them last night. Does that guy, is that fair? A tech offense, like an old school tech offense, like a leech tech offense. Um, that's what I was reminded of watching that game last night. Well, it's really frustrating whenever you're getting eight yards of carry 
and you still don't do it. I mean, exactly. You know, it's yeah. one thing if you're getting stuffed up at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's another thing whenever your backs are, are producing and you're not feeding the ball. And like you talked about, they had the signs to lean on them. They were giving it. And yes. you know, like when they started dropping like that, they were losing guys. They were losing their good defensive linemen, all that stuff. And it's getting late in the game. People are getting fatigued. You're cramping. That's when you've got to buckle down and lean on them. And they didn't do it. Um, that's what was concerning to me. And to me, that is the number one. Is there a bigger thing in your mind that this team needs to do other than figure out the run game? No. Is there anything more important to you guys right now, more urgent? No, they've got to figure out how to get the running backs and continuously keep them involved. Yeah. I thought I, the defense played really good. I thought they did, that. too. I, I really that was, was understated. Um, I do think I do think they need to figure some things out up front. I, still, I don't know if you guys remember, I was asking Skyler, does that three three five make you vulnerable to, to these big lines that can push you around? To me, it does, and it was clear. Um, yeah. They, If you've got a good offensive line, you can push this team around up front, and that's worrisome if you're a West Virginia fan because you're, that's not something you're going to fix, I don't think. Like, I don't think that's – you can kind of contain it. You can try to keep a lid on it. You can bring up guys to – but here's the problem. In the Big 12, you start bringing – OSU does it, and they get killed sometimes. Baylor does it, and they get killed sometimes. You bring these secondary guys up to help defend the run, and you are going to get blasted. They are then going to throw the ball all over you. Um, you know, so that's Oklahoma killed people with that lately with the with the P Ryan and mix in the last couple of years. Come try to stop these big boys because it's going to take a lot of your guys back there, and then we're going to throw it all over the yard. Right. And that's exactly what is going to happen to West Virginia this year. And at that point, they are going to have to shorten the game to take the ball out of the other team's hands, and that's going to have to come from running the ball. You cannot do that. You cannot, and you can't go three and out. Or well, they didn't really go three and out as much, but there was just a lot of wasted drives that nothing really came out of. And then the other thing that really that was understated, I thought Virginia Tech's special teams, uh, West Virginia lived at their own 25-yard line Yes. last night. Well, that one guy, the uh, the place kicker for Virginia Tech, kicked it into the stands basically every time on a kickoff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't even yeah. a chance for return. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was a huge factor of this game that I don't think – to me, it was a contributing factor into being the difference. Yeah. If, if, if West Virginia gets some better starting field position, they probably can win this game. Um, you know, and it just – did you guys – was there a lot of mistakes you felt like? I don't remember just saying, man, they made a bunch of mistakes here or there and no, here. other than the coaching, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah the coaching, I mean, the, there were a couple of drops in, in key situations, but drops are going to happen mm-hmm. you gotta, as long as they're not excessive. Yeah. I don't th- I never felt like it was just crazy amount of drops. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see going forward with them. Greer – my jury's still out on me with Greer. Like, I know he's a really good player. But I was expecting a little more. I was expecting a little more than we got, put it that way. Well, I think this kind of goes to, like, when you go to a movie with a friend that you've been hearing about for <laughs> a year and a half, and you're like, man, this is going to be the best damn movie I've ever watched. Yeah, you right. go in there, and it was a good movie, but you're, like, underwhelmed because it's been talked up so much. Yep. I think that's what we're coming into. Uh, not that he did bad. I mean, 58.5%, yeah. that's not terrible. But like we talked about, you've got to be 62 64% to really be effective in this league. Well, I'll say – And he, if you're throwing as much as they are, you've got to be more than that. He made some some questionable throws. I know there was a throw – The triple coverage throw that one well, time. That one, was awful. And there were some, definitely some ones where he threw into coverage. But I'm thinking about – like he was going like Brett Favre mode, where he was running towards the sideline with his throwing, you know, his throwing arm facing the defense, and he throws it like this. Just, mm. I know you can't see, but he's throwing not across his body, but away yeah, from him, facing yeah. the wrong direction. I'm yeah. like, how in the world do you think you're going to complete that? That was Brett Favre-esque. Yeah, it definitely was. And to me, the number one thing they need to look at their passing game too, as far as the passing game, which was strong at times. The receivers are not running past the sticks on a lot of these plays, and he's not getting it to them. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I looked up and there was a guy taking a shot three yards short of the sticks 
when all he had to do was run a couple yards further and at least get the ball on him there, and it's a first down. Uh, I mean, over and over and over. I, I can think of at least six, seven times on key drives where that happened. So, you know, that's something that they're going to have to ratify too. Um, I think it's fair to say that he's probably not a Heisman contender. Obviously. But he's definitely an upper echelon Big 12 quarterback. I also think it's fair to say that he's the kind of quarterback, I don't know that you can put a game on him completely. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that he's he's not a Mahomes and some of those guys that you can just throw a game on him and expect him to go win. I don't personally think he is. Now – Maybe he shows that and gets – and, again, he's got to get more comfortable too, guys. He's right, it's and the half first off. game. Yeah. Well, and half off. And with those running backs, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to lean on him as hard. Nope. I mean, there's no, there's no reason in that. Nope. And that's getting back to, again, I cannot state this enough. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but he's got to run the ball. Yeah. has got to run the ball. I would think you see that going forward. They've got four, maybe five running backs that are quality that could play for any Big 12 team in the league. I, I don't know that it gets any deeper than this running back room in the league. You've got to use it. Yeah. So uh, that said, we'll we'll find we'll find that out. I know it's a tough loss for Virginia. I know, guys, you were looking forward to that game. Uh, people like the herd hater and on and on and on. You guys are dying for this game and wanting to play. And I know it sucks that you lost. So it was still a good effort by the team. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it's, even though they lost, you could see a lot of positives. Things you can take away. It's just if we're going to really get after them, there were some things they need to improve. Obviously, right. Um, and especially if they're wanting to get back to that ten and whatever season they had last year, you can't play this way and do that. Right. So. You know, we'll see. We'll figure that out. We'll go forward with them. Uh, one last thing real quick before we get done. A few numbers I wanted to go over. Uh, uh, just one, one second. We have some breaking news here. Go ahead. Jordan Parker is out for the season. Is he really? Yep. Knee injury. They say what? Uh, no, it just says knee injury. Huh. Out for the season, though. I guess they did have the press conference today, and that was announced. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I've got the press conference recorded. I'll have to go and watch it and figure that out. Um, I kind of thought they, it seemed like they normally do those anyway, even on holidays. Uh, so yeah, that's bad news for Oklahoma. I mean, they had three corners. That's the good news. Uh, but you, you know, beyond that, there's going to be some guys going to have to step up. Yeah. Um, because now you're down to Motley and Thomas. Uh, so we'll figure that out. Um, real quickly, I want to throw out these numbers real quick, um, before I forget just some interesting numbers. I didn't get all of them that I wanted to get. Um, you know, the OSU one I did want to mention and we did talk about that, but um, hang on, where the heck did it go? It was right there. There it is. Um, starting out with Texas, number is four. Uh, Texas' current losing streak after falling to Maryland. They've lost four games in a row. Um, longest streak since dropping four straight under Mac Brown in 2010. So, uh, oh, and also a loss to San Jose State, which I don't think will happen. But if it does, it would make their longest streak since 1956 when they lost eight. Uh, number of touchdowns uh, in the Jayhawks. Oh, see, let me see. Say that again. Number of touchdown drives for Kansas in the Jayhawks seasoning opening victory was four. Uh, that were three plays or less. So that means that they scored four different times on three or less plays. That's big for them. Um, let's see. Let's see here. Let's see here. Was the other one I wanted to mention? Uh, oh, total yards by Jackson State. We talked about that in the final 51 plays against TCU was six. So yeah, that goes good. that goes further into talking about that is the weakest opponent we played in the league this weekend. Uh, six yards and 51 plays, the final 51 plays. Uh, 89 yards, that's the number produced by UTEP against Oklahoma on their final 11 drives. So, and that's, you know, that was with their starters in Oklahoma starting to back some people off, so that was good news for them, obviously. Uh, they went for a 78 and a touchdown on their, fi- on their first possession of the game, and then after that, it was basically they it. did nothing. Yeah. Um, let's see. There was a couple more real quick. Oh, 103, the total offensive snaps for Liberty against Baylor. That's crazy. They ran 103 plays against Baylor. And Baylor only ran like 50-something, mm-hmm. right? Yep. 
that's it was the most by an opponent in Baylor history, uh, snapping a record of 102 that Iowa State, believe it or not, did in 2012 against them. Hmm. Uh, 150 career victories. Gary got his 150. Apparently, the only other active FBS coach with more victories at their school is Bill Snyder with 203. And the last one is 319.8. That's a single game passing rating by uh, single game passing rating by Kansas State quarterback Jesse Ertz, best in 122 season history of the Wildcats. So support your effort. He went off throwing the ball. Yeah, he did. So that's just some of the numbers. I had a few more I wanted to get. Uh, Baker 19 for 20. Thought that was pretty cool. I think was didn't uh, he sixteen straight completions or yes, something was yep, the record. Uh, yep, broke the record throwing starting the game, opening the game. I remember Landry did that record if I remember right. I think it was like twenty twelve. So yeah, um, that's good for them. I can't remember the other one I wanted to get to, so we'll wrap that up there. Um, uh, you could say Kyler Murray coming in and going ten of eleven. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, they did brought whatever they wanted throwing the ball. Uh, any other final thoughts? I know again, yeah. there's a lot of soft teams, and it wasn't a lot we could get in depth with them, but. Uh, anything else we want to mention? No, I mean that's that's really about it. Like like you said, with the opponents that the conference played this week, there wasn't a lot to be learned outside of maybe Texas and in mm-hmm. a West Virginia game. Yeah, uh, the losses to really bad teams is obviously something you've got to mention. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think. Of, we'll be back uh, in two days. Yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday with the season preview or the week two preview. I mean, um, we'll be talking about Ohio State, Oklahoma. Obviously, that's the big one of the weekend. I have haven't booked as far as the time but do have a guy that covers ohio state for land of 10 uh that's his job for them uh that is going to come on we may end up having to to record it separately i don't know i may just do like me and him and somebody on the phone or something uh we'll figure that out because it's going to be hard to get that in with that many teams it's not something i had thought about i think we only have nine next week though oh yeah well yeah so yeah we might can do that so we'll figure that out and we'll go from there Anything else? Any news? Anything else we need to get to with the show or website or anything for we now, get out um, we have the uh, the against the spread picks that we'll obviously be updating as we go. I don't mm-hmm. remember how everybody turned out. But oh, we can throw it out in the preview show. Yeah, and, and uh, if you can join the knockout challenge on uh, forum, I Is think it not too late. It's probably too late, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> annoy Brady. I was gonna say like that's uh, kind of late. Yeah, there's only like week. eight people. Just say you picked Kansas and you forgot to write it down. Yeah, <laughs> start from there. All right, that works. <laughs> All right, guys, if that's it, then uh, we'll be back with our weekly preview next uh, in a couple days here pretty soon. Also, look for me and Colin on the uh, Between the Ears podcast. I think we're going to be on that tomorrow night. So, uh, if that's it, until next time, everybody say bye. Well, thanks, guys. See you guys. Bye.